don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, June 14th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 417. This is No Agenda. Dodging the falling drones here at Camp MoFo in the capital of the Drone Star State. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where BART is down, welcome to public transportation. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Greg Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Is, I think the you know the guys are working on our streaming server. Uh, we got a new one, and I think they brought Bart down in the process. That's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> and I want to start off by thanking um, Void Zero, Mister Oil, uh, Sir Gitmo Slave. There's like five guys working on stuff here, so they're awesome. Thank you. Well, I also want to thank uh, uh, Tice Browers. How do you pronounce his name? Our artist. Yeah, Tice Browers, that's right. Tice Correct. Browers mm-hmm. for uh, providing the art that we use in the newsletter. And I like it so much, I may make it the, the, uh, the, either a letterhead or something like that. Oh, well, then while we're on it, why don't I thank uh, Brad Connell for the artwork for last week's episode, for the last episode on, uh, on Sunday. I think you should. I have done so. Very good. So I'm reading the Twitter. The tweets? Yeah, because you just sent your tweet out, so I retweeted. So I looked at some of the people. I, I, I follow some crazy, Some I'm not as crazy as you with your uh, Britney Spears. Hold, hold on, press, and I also want to thank I DC and Debbie. Charles. Yeah. And, Debbie, Debbie uh, Gibson? I, no, it just says, I'm simply Debbie. And it's some, it's some, it's not even a person, I don't think. It's just someone who keeps putting out these, uh, it's just little sayings, you know, to be nice is to be good, you know, that kind of, it's, no, it's, it's so corny. It's like Facebook. Just, it's horrible. It's like Facebook. It's what Facebook is. That's what people do all day on Facebook. Oh, well, this was, I guess, an analog of that. Okay. Whatever the case is, there's this thing that came up, and then I said retweeted now and again. And I, maybe you know about this. I don't. It says, this is simply, De- I'm simply Debbie. A6 toxic people don't see that they are toxic. Even if you tell them, sometimes they aren't ready to see. What is an A6 toxic person? Is that A numeral six or A S I X? No, no, A numeral six. And here's another one, Alexis Darla, A six. No, they can't figure out another way. Voice of the old belief, pain is too strong. Awareness is the key to let it go. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking here. I consulted the book of knowledge. I see six types of toxic friends, how you can deal with them. I've never heard of this A6 thing. Mm. I don't know. Maybe the chat room knows. I have no idea. I just found about, uh, what was the thing? Uh, uh, I was in Los Angeles with uh, visiting my daughter. Yes. How was that? Well, it was very nice, actually. Um, I understand you went to a museum or two. (laughs) How did you know? Uh, Oh, that's right. No, I know why. I know how you know. Yes. uh, She took me to the... Cleopatra exhibit at oh, uh, so that's why you really went <laughs> yeah yeah that was it <laughs> it was actually um, it was actually quite cool I have to say you know I, I didn't realize that Cleopatra's empire uh, was is submerged it, it, it all there was like a tidal wave and uh, Heraklion and uh, I guess uh, parts of Alexandria global whatever. warming <laughs> yeah it was global warming 2000 years ago 
And so uh, they've, um, you know, basically the thing consists of, it starts off with a movie, little little clip, and you see the divers bringing up all this stuff. I mean, I'm talking like statues that are 12 feet tall and pretty uh, pretty outrageous stuff. Uh, so it was fun to see that. And uh, she and I both kind of agree that uh, despite what popular history may have, um, uh, may say, uh, we think that Cleopatra was a dog. We don't think she was hot at all. She was just, a, she was homely. <laughs> well, you know, times change, of tastes change. <laughs> well, they, she you know, probably would, would be homely by today's standards. It's quite possible, or who knows? Well, and, you know, they even have, um, uh, what is it? They have uh, the coins, you know, gold and, uh, and brass and uh, copper coins. And uh, Cleopatra's face is on. Cleopatra 7, of course, is uh, what her, her full title. And, you know, she looks homely. Hmm. And they and they even have a little sign. Well, you know, she didn't look just like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> no, nor did she look like Lindsay Lohan. I, I think this is bogative. She she wasn't hot. She was probably short, plump, and homely looking, with Coke bottle glasses or something. I don't know. It just didn't uh... Coke bottle. Let's bring. <laughs> let's just change historical uh, timelines. I'm telling you, can. Cleopatra was a dog. Percy Dove tonsils. Let's bring that in. So, uh, so the, the only thing I, that was just important for me, I just want to say, the only thing that's really important that I learned, because, you know, I was hanging out with her, with her friends, you know, literally, you know, taking the L.A. Metro with her, which I have to say, that thing rocks. Have you ever been on the L.A. Metro? I didn't even know there was such a thing. Oh, yeah. And it's Is it co- a sub? It, yeah, it's a, it's a subway. Huh. It, and it's beautiful. It's clean. Is anybody it's, on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not like, I mean, it gets crowded at rush hour, but not really... Super crowded. It's not all like, you know, ugly, sweaty, nasty people riding it. And the the train stations are great. And you get a five. Where does it go? Oh, it, it, you can go almost anywhere. What? You can, you can go all the you way to, to San Disneyland? Um, no, you can, no, but that's Anaheim. That's not really Los Angeles. So you can go, uh, you can go all the way to, uh, to Santa can you Monica. To, can you, you can go to Santa Monica? Sure, sure. Wait, this thing's underground. Yes, I had and no it goes idea. From Santa Monica to to, to downtown L.A. Uh, even beyond. Now she lives in Koreatown, uh, Korea and uh, <laughs> right by the Wiltern Theater. And it and took it's us called the Metro, L.A. Metro. And I should it, go to L.A. more often. Yeah, you should. And it uh, you should have gone when I was living there for two years, and you never showed up. Oh, uh, you know, I meant to. Well, let me let me just. Uh, let me just say that uh, we went from um, her house in Koreatown to North Hollywood. Uh, and I was going to go check out the Mevio Studios at the W Hotel. And uh, it took us 10 minutes. I mean, if you were to drive that, I mean, I'd, Oh, no, driving in LA is who, the, who is the world's needs worst a car? experience. Yeah, you don't want a car for any of that. Anyway, so while I was sitting, hanging out with the kids, you know, they're all in their early 20s, I said, you know, have What's you, this old fart doing here with us? No, nah, they love me, man. They listen to the show, by the way. They all listen. Oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, but they're even more crackpotty than I am. Well, like, hey, man, have you seen Zeitgeist? Yeah, okay. Yeah, welcome. Um, Zeitgeist. I said, have you ever, have you guys ever heard, or do you know anyone who has done bath salts? Look at this. They got the blue line, the red line, the green line, the gold the line, purple the purple line, line the expo yeah. line. The orange, what's the expo line? The orange line, the silver line. Yeah. So you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, if you, you asked them if they'd, anybody did bath salts. Or if they knew anyone. And they, 
unanimously said, we never heard of it. Don't know anyone who's done it. This sounds completely like it's full of bull crap. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, these kids know. Believe me, they know. And you want to talk about Adderall or Vyvanse or any of this yeah, other Adderall's stuff? Adderall's the one everybody knows yeah. about in this old yeah. do. But they've never heard. They said, no, nah, I've never heard of it. Don't know anyone who does it. Yeah, we know people who do heroin. We know people who smoke crack. You know, we know people who pop pills, you know, Coke, uh, weed, bath salts. No, never heard of it. So that's, Gee, you know, I'm stunned by this. I really was. I really was surprised. It doesn't surprise me for some so reason. So the whole thing is just totally, totally bogative. And I guess the whole thing really is just a promotion for uh, World War Z. World War Z. Yeah, Do you know that Mel Brooks kid is the guy who wrote that? And this is probably the reason it got green lighted. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. There you have it. So that's the way Hollywood works. Can I just put everyone in a good mood for a second? Go ahead. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Now with more fiber. So uh, I have the clip of, at least so far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the clip that kind of wraps it up. It just wraps up society. It's going to be a short, up, short show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wraps up there. I thought this, this this clip, and which was not explored much. I mean, it was people mocked this story, and they've said a couple of snide comments about. It, but when you listen to the story in depth, and you listen to everything that's said, that just just a short little snippet, you have to really wonder what is wrong with the leaders of the of this world um, today. You ready? Hit it. After a recent Sunday lunch, British Prime Minister David Cameron realizing he left something behind at the pub. His eight-year-old daughter. <laughs> he says he thought the child was with his wife. Presumably, so did the British security detail. When they discovered the mistake, they sped back to the bar only to find little Nancy helping out the wait staff. 10 Downing Street says it was about a 15-minute absence. But it is particularly bad timing. Today, the government here launches a program to improve responsible parenting. <laughs> the Secret Service that was his detail didn't even notice this? Where, uh, where's the football? I don't know, man. I thought you had the football. I had Are the football. They, I, what kind of idiots? I mean, does any would anybody even vote for this guy? He he brings his daughter, thinks he, he's got the daughter. Apparently, doesn't give a crap about her. So he's got her on in tow, and then he just wanders off, yakking to one of his buddies with the Secret Service guys all plastered, looking at hookers, I guess. And they it leave the little girl at the bar for 15 minutes before they figure out what happened, and then he blames his wife? Of course. That, that damn oh, bitch. I thought she had the baby. <laughs> yeah, they're right. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. And nobody, and none of the news media, nobody picks up on this. This is scandalous as far as I'm concerned. Have you, have you, you come leave on. leave your kid? Well, that only, you know, the reason why you never lost a kid is because you had him on a leash. Well, there's hey, the work. <laughs> no, the only reason the leash was, of course, was, I mean, you, the kids will run off, but we wouldn't leave. A, I mean, how do, could anybody leave a kid? It's yeah, unbelievable it's, to me. And then the Secret Service or the, whatever they call yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, there's a different name. Uh, or just like the constable. Oh, well, you know, they're not paying any oh, attention. Oh. No, that's that's that makes me feel secure. Yeah. This is your government at work. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, I just found this the most annoying clip I've heard for years. Yeah. No, oh, you know. I, I don't know what to say other than, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not surprised. As, as unsurprised as you were about bath salts, as unsurprised as I am about this. Yeah, well, I can see that. I lived in the UK. The, the, the family union, unit does not exist anymore. Parents don't know where their kids are for weeks on end. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's like, uh, isn't he sleeping at uh, Marty's house? Nah, I think so. I don't know. Well, I don't show know. Up. I show don't care. Up. Surely they don't give a crap. No, they don't. I mean, I'm generalizing, but yeah, they really don't. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. And, of course, all of our human resources in our chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, we do the program uh, live twice a week at 9 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time. Uh, John in uh, Silicon Valley, northern Silicon Valley, me in the capital of the Drone Star State, and, of course, uh, this is a podcast where most people listen to it, but it's good because the chat room always keeps us uh, uh, in tune and honest and fair and balanced and healthy. So um, I started to combine a couple things. I started to figure some stuff out this week after, uh, well, let me just play it. For those of you who have not heard it, here's a condensed version of uh, some interesting news that took place in uh, in Gitmo Nation proper here, and of course, uh, we have dubbed this Drone Nation. On the eastern shore of Maryland, not Iraq or Afghanistan, or like you said, even Iran, uh, apparently right now the Coast Guard is cordoning off the area, establishing a security zone, and they're looking to try to sort of make a secure zone before they can get in there and take a look at the wreckage. But basically, this drone was on a routine training flight when it just lost contact with its Navy operators on the ground. Now, I, I really found this to be disturbing. Uh, two things. First of all, we know that whenever there's a problem, just say it was a training flight. Uh, it was a training flight. Oh, it was a training flight. Okay. But uh, what we have talked about in recent episodes, it lost contact with the ground. Lost contact. This is part of the entire problem of this drone program. Now, if this happens over some desert somewhere, you know, it was just going to kill a bunch of women and children at a wedding, you know, ah, so be it. But now it's crashing in America. And the big question I have, well, there's a couple of questions that I had was, this is, was a Navy drone. Now, the Navy is typically responsible for, uh, what are they responsible for, John? Uh, the sea? The ocean? I've heard that. Yeah, th that's what I think. Now, let me just uh, give you some uh, details here. This was a... Uh, an RQ-4 Global Hawk, which has a, a wingspan of, I think, about 130 feet. This is a big thing. It flies at, yeah. it flies the very, very high. wingspan is a 727. Yeah, it, uh, it flies, uh, you know, 11 miles up. This thing is real. And, it, and this thing can, can... High altitude. It's got yeah. a big, big ramjet <coughs> engine yeah. in it. And this thing can bolt. Its max speed is 497 uh, miles an hour. So it's... Uh, it's you know that's uh, that's jet airliner speed, and they lose the thing. They lose contact with it. But what is the Navy doing with drones? Okay, sure they have a test flight or whatever. You know that's of course total bull crap. Uh, so a couple things here. One, uh, I, I have to reiterate that when you are a drone operator, when you are flying this from the ground, 
your decisions are going to be very different than when your own ass is on the line and you're sitting in that thing. Uh, second, no right, matter this is your thesis. Yes, even if it's a <clears throat> a millisecond delay, you do not. There's no way you can have the same situational awareness in a drone that you can have when you're actually up there flying it around. So I, I think the whole the whole idea is dangerous. Um, and by the way, millisecond is not going to be the lag time. No, it's going to be more. It's going to be more. Most of these are from satellite bounces, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely going to be more. Um, the um, I've been reading about the Global Hawk. It actually does a lot of things autonomously. Uh, you can set the autopilot and walk away. Uh, it can land itself. It can take off by itself. And the uh, the autonomous mode is used quite a bit. But looking at the drone program and with the knowledge that uh, NATO has uh, now acquired a number of these uh, global hawks. Remember, these are supposed to fly at very, very high altitude. I and, think, and the, and the same model has been sold, incidentally, to the German government. Oh, yeah. No, they're selling them to everybody. Uh, and I believe that this ties into the Law of the Sea Treaty. This is why the Navy has it. Because the Law of the Sea Treaty gives the United Nations rule not only we read we read the document we read the law of the sea treaty it not only gives rule over the water but all the way down to the seabed which is what we've been focused on with minerals and oil etc but also the airspace above remember we we read that it specifically states the airspace above and i believe that the naval units around the world are now garnering up these drones there and they can fly for four days you know, they can they can they can fly for a long time without refueling. They can just slow her down and let her wander around, put it in autonomous mode. And the whole idea is when it's time to pull the trigger, when we when NATO is fully organized into the, the policemen of the world, the new world order. That's when anyone who gets out of line, we just oh, let me just uh, program this drone and he'll be there within 30 minutes and can drone you because they're just going to be circling over the skies all the time. This it truly is Skynet. That's why the Navy is involved in this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, so I think uh, the first thing to stop would be the <laughs> law of like the sea treaty. This is like a long way to, to the obvious? No, I, I don't think it was that obvious. I think the law of the sea treaty is more than just the water. I think it really is the airspace, and no one's really focusing on that because of the word sea. Yeah, but, well, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, but now seeing that uh, that NATO is acquiring these things, I mean, this is this is really becoming quite an outrage. By the way, it takes 173 people to operate one uh, global hawk. Uh, well, it turns out the program has been discontinued and restarted, and it's it, it, actually they sell them for like thirty or to sixty million, if I'm not mistaken. Thirty-five. It's really they, the actual cost is about two hundred, so they take a beating on each one. These things are just a, a, a laugh. They're, they're no good. Well, I don't know if they're no good. They're no good for us. I mean, they're no good for the 17 Al-Qaeda fighters who were killed in Yemen. Uh, so I, and we remember we had, uh, what was it, 18 uh, on the last episode. So I've updated killlist.curry.com to reflect uh, the new number. So, <laughs> so within a week, let me, just, let me just check and see how many do we have in. I should do a running total, actually. Within a week, we had, yeah, we had 17, 18. So, yeah, there you go. 35 people killed in a week by U.S. drones. Right on. Yeah, that's all we know of. Yeah, well, that's the ones that have been reported. Yeah, that's great. This is fantastic. We the, could be flying them over East Germany for all you know. 
Well, they're definitely flying over the U.S., that's clear, and you can call it a, a training mission or whatever. Why doesn't the Navy train over the sea where they belong? Now they're training over Maryland. Um, and yeah, they're, really. They're outfitted with some fantastic gear. It's funny, you know, I see the... Um, Especially the lens on those cameras. Oh, yeah. Be something oh, to grab. Yeah, but the, you know, that thing was no good. I mean, I, I was tweeting, hey, go, go and get the cameras and stomp on the transmitters, but no, nah, there was nothing left of that thing. No, it just blew up the smithereens. I was looking at the Obama accomplishments for uh, the past year, 2011, 2012, that is now on, uh, uh, like, the, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the Obama campaign. Accomplishment.curry.com, no? No, no, not accomplishments. But I could do that if you want. So he puts here, like, uh, Defense of Marriage Act declared unconstitutional. U.S. forces kill Osama bin Laden. Six senior al-Qaeda figures killed in U.S. airstrike. Al-Qaeda commander uh, Ilyas Kashmiri killed in U.S. predator strike. East Africa, I mean, half the list is people he's killed. He likes killing people. That's his accomplishment. It's like, just kill, kill, kill. Kill, kill, kill. Well, you read the Ulsterman report where they're worried six opposing the White House, how he's like giggling and jumping for joy and watching, yeah, yeah, he's the, watching the drone movies, movies over yeah. and over like porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's his uh, like snuff movies. Meanwhile, the, the and I was worried about this. We, we mentioned it. Homeland Security has so many drones, they don't even have enough people to fly them. Well, they, there you go. There's your backup plan. They've ordered too many drones. And... Uh, according to the, too many drones. That's what the report they get says. So much money. They're just you know. No wonder the economy is in the tank. They're just throwing. And people say, well, we're you know, it's all needed. But they're throwing it. The money that is being squandered by this government is astonishing. According to the inspector general who looked at who created this report, um, the Customs and Border Patrol, which of course uh, reports directly to the Department of Homeland Security, at the behest of the State Department has held discussions with another country on the use of unmanned aircraft. So this, it truly is of global proportions. Um, but the, for, as, from a pilot perspective, this is, it's all not good. You know, you, you just, you know, they, it's like, oh, I lost contact with it. Oh, well, it's all right. Uh, hey, want a cup of coffee? Yeah, good man. I'll take a cup of coffee. That's exactly what's going on. And yeah. one of those those things is going to crash into a private aircraft, perhaps a jetliner, and kill a lot of people. And that's going to be a very interesting series of uh, congressional hearings after that. Yeah. And boy, were there some congressional hearings this week. There were some good ones. Some well, real- I hope you got some clips because I was pulling my stuff from all over the place. Uh, yeah. Well, we have um, uh, Holder. Uh, who was you know in for uh, Fast and Furious? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that for a little bit because that that's uh... wasn't that last week? No, he's back. Well, it was you it, sure. It's not just a rerun of the because he's been back four times and I don't know if he's nine back or if nine times he's been back nine oh, times nine times he's still not saying anything they're, they're, until they throw the contempt at him he's not going to do anything. Well, did you well? So uh, Congressman Cornyn asked for his resignation. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, uh, you want I mean. It's it's kind of let me let me play that later because it's a little bit long because Cornyn just rattles down the whole list of what a scumbag Holder is and then asks for his res- resignation. Um, so I, so Did Holder resign? <laughs> no, of course not. 
Come on. No. So what's the point? But uh, uh, Joe Lieberman, Joe Lieberman was, uh, had like a 15-minute stand-up one-man show about uh, the need to pass the cyber bill in the Senate. And, of course, I'm referring to the Cybersecurity Act of 2012, S-2105, which we have reviewed here on this show. And uh, he cites a letter written to the president and to uh, Congress as a whole, uh, signed by Clapper, Panetta, uh, uh, Lucy Napolitano, and uh, who am I missing in this lineup? Then we have one more. I don't know. Panetta. Distal. Well, anyway. Oh, I'm I'm sure they just anyone. They all signed it, and uh, he pulls out an interesting card in his recollection of this uh, letter. I, I want to read uh, from this letter from these uh, national security leaders because it really sums up where we are. And I quote now, given the time left in this legislative session in the upcoming election this fall, we are concerned that the window of opportunity to pass legislation that is in our view critically necessary to protect our national and economic security is quickly disappearing. And these, uh, uh, in the letter, they went on to say, and I quote again, we, the signers of the letter, carry the burden of knowing, along with a lot of the rest of us, that 9-11 might have been averted with the intelligence that existed at the time. We do not want to be in the same position again when cyber 9-11 hits. (laughs) It is not a question of whether this will happen. It is a question of when. Cyber 9-11, everybody. How dare this guy? This was a big theme with a lot of the stuff I picked up on. Cyber oh. Cyber 9-11. And, and his whole uh, soliloquy is based upon a Washington Post article uh, about some kid who uh, hacked into a water plant and then you know didn't do anything malicious but posted a, um, uh, screenshots of him getting into it. And so he kind of summarizes the danger. Listen to all the things that are going to get hacked. And, of course, the reason why we have to pass this onerous legislation, which hands over sharing um, legislation to any company to, hand, to basically rat you out to the government, no matter what you're doing. It's preferable. And it is preferable in large part because it addresses the need to secure our nation's critical cyber infrastructure. Oh, critical cyber infrastructure. What? And by the way, everything is cyber. Cyber, 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 this is, which is a bullcrap description. What do you think our nation's critical infrastructure is, John? Can you name three pieces of infrastructure that are critical? Uh, the Verizon backbone. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'll, I'll take that one. Yes. Uh, uh, the Google network. Yes. Yeah. Huh. And... Um, I would say um, there's probably another couple backbones I could mention. Uh, let's say uh, the Sprint backbone's a good one. Yeah, none of those are on Lieberman's list, by oh, the way. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. Stop. Don't go on. Uh, these backbones, which would be the uh, real critical parts of the network, you know, may, I would even add, okay, I, I know what it is then. He's got May West, May, <laughs> e, May East, the big giant <laughs> nodes that, that communicate our uh, network. 
No, no, that, that's got to be on there because this would be what you would say if you were... If you had any idea about what you're talking about, you would have to put those on. All of them are wrong. Everything you're saying is wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That is the computers that control the systems that if commandeered, attacked, or intruded upon could allow uh, an attacker to open and close key valves and switches in pipelines for gas and oil in refineries and factories and water and sewer systems and electric plants and banks and along <laughs> transportation nodes without detection uh, by their operators. <laughs> Pipelines and water and electricity and banks and important stuff. This guy's a douche. He's <laughs> an idiot. <sighs> I never liked that guy. But you know, the, but playing the 9-11 card, I think, is uh, somewhat I like egregious. Cyber 9-11. That could be a cyber, show title. It could be a title, yeah. Cyber 9-11. I, I think of something very similar. Play the What Are the Threats Against America clip. Okay. About how we do this. The last thing I want to do is to make the mistakes of the past. We still have to have a military that protects us against a lot of threats that are out there. Okay, Terrorism. Stop. So this is Panetta on 60 Minutes discussing the uh, threats against America. And there's also a clip, I thought I had it, maybe I don't, of Susan Collins going on and on about Cyber 9-11. Oh, yeah, we, should, we know she's an idiot. We already discussed Yeah, her. no, she is a total idiot. But yeah. this guy, Panetta, who's a real character in some, a lot of different ways, he outlines what, these, these, what, he, what he says <coughs> is, is, is gold. These are the real <coughs> threats against America. And you walk away from these threats, you go, None of these are threats. Okay, here we go. They're out there. Terrorism, Iran, North Korea, nuclear proliferation, problem of uh, cyber attacks, uh, rising powers like China. Rising powers. <laughs> rising suns. Which one of those is a threat? None of them. So they, no, are they yeah, threatening single, us? Not a are we one. scared to death, shaking in our boots over here in the United States of North Korea? Yeah. Because North Korea is going to attack? You remember that clip? In fact, I used it on the on the clip show on the last Christmas, where it, 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 people just forget so soon about these things. They're putting out a, a special alert, a red alert. They're going to surround the island of Hawaii because the North Koreans may be bombing it. Remember that? Yeah, they were going to fire a missile and blow up Hawaii. You know, the, the the simple thing to do is one executive order from the president that says if you are running. A water plant, an electric plant, or a bank, you uh, are hereby ordered not to connect your crap to the internet. Done. That's all you need to do. Yeah, it's I mean, true. Yeah, all right, sure, we have the AT. Banks should be running on their own private networks yeah. if, they have, if they need to be on a network, then they should be isolated. And all the switching and all the rest of the stuff that goes on at a power plant. Oh, well, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. It's possible that we've hooked some of these operations to the internet. Because we don't want to pay five bucks an hour to somebody to be there. Right. We want to do it from our home. We want to pay a guy 20 bucks to turn the switches on and off from his house instead yeah. of five bucks for some guy to be there turning the switch on and off. Yeah. I mean, this is ludicrous. And the more I think about how idiotic these people are, the more I'm, I'm thinking that the whole Stuxnet flame thing is bull crap. I don't think this government could create anything good. Have you actually seen Flamer? Flamer. Have you actually seen the code on either of these? Have you ever seen it? Or is this just something that exists and people claim they've seen it? People at McAfee. Well, Kaspersky's, the boys at Kaspersky 
have gone over the code with the fine tooth comb. What's, they, their, what's they their credibility? Say, I, I believe them. What, yeah, what's I, their credibility? I think they. I think they're a credible operation. It's Russian, but you know, or Ukrainian. I can't remember now, but um, they've been around for a while. They seem trustworthy. Yeah, I, w- I would trust them. Yes. Well, the guys at McAfee. I mean, this is such a bonanza, and and that's why all this is. This is why this is happening. Uh, oh, here we have bonanza. leading so cyber experts of uh, Symantec and uh, McAfee. Uh, have warned of a shortage of talented computer security experts in the United States, making it difficult to protect corporate and government networks at a time when attacks are on the rise. So, uh, sell out, kids. Now that you have nothing but $100,000 in debt, and you spend all your time in college uh, smoking dope and hacking around, you got a gig. Yeah, you'll never pay that debt off. Yeah, just <laughs> go work for the... No, if you go work for the feds, then you get all kinds of bennies on your uh, on your debt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is good. This is very, very good. I'm telling it's you. It's like working for Stalin. <laughs> yeah. And your point would be? Yeah, no point. So I... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's really bad. So this Lieberman is... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm sure they're going to pass this stupid, stupid bill, and that allows uh, corporations to, if they see something, to say something without any redress or any penalties. Oh, man, I don't like what this guy is doing. Well, let's report him to the feds. And just just onerous, and you get people knocking on your door, and you get letters and hassle, and it's just... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I, for the big book show, I interviewed uh, a professor from, I think, Maryland, uh, Ron Adner. You ever hear of this guy? No. So he wrote a book called The Wide Lens, and he's a professor of business and strategy or something like that. And it's an interesting book because he talks about how, um, you know, he, of course, he has a, a system, right, a, a, a strategy so companies don't make huge mistakes. And he talks about, uh, you know, like the huge uh, run-flat fiasco that Michelin had. He talks about how Nokia, of course, were the first to actually implement a 3G phone. And, uh, well, look at where they are today. They're about to fire another 10,000 people. You know, they compl- the company's dead. Uh, well, dead, not really dead. But, the, you know, they're, I don't think it's survivable for them as a company. Uh, look at the first MP3 players that all failed and then Apple came in. And, um, you know, so at the end of this interview, which I haven't posted yet, I said, so tell me about news. You know, what do you, you know, we all kind of know the mistakes that the, that the newspapers and television and radio, what they made. Um, so what do you see as the future of news if you, if you apply your strategy? He said, well, uh, first of all, there's always going to be news. He says, but people will only pay for the guarantee that their news is not compromised. And I thought I found that to be such a from a professor. I found that to be a very uh, a great comment. And and on the heels of that, I was like, I didn't tell him, but I was like, that's exactly our model. We provide you with a guarantee that we're not compromised, uh, and because we don't have any advertisements, which is where the compromise takes place. Yeah, that's exactly it. And. Uh, and I think we are now literally the future of news. I mean, we should have a guarantee sticker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Guaranteed no compromise. Well, there's no reason to compromise because there's not 
You know, you compromise when you have, when there's temptation or when there is a, or where there's a motive. You need a motive to compromise. Compromising money. Most people don't like to compromise. They'll never compromise unless they have a motive. Like say you've got, you've got this hot woman you're dating Mm. and you hate the opera. Right. And she wants to go to the opera. Oh, I love the opera now. Yeah, well, that's a compromise, though. <laughs> you hate a- the opera, but you'll go to the opera because you've got this woman and you think that you're going to get something out of it. Right. So that's a compromise. In other words, there's a benefit in all compromising situations. Or a, and it's called a compromising situation. We don't have any benefit to compromise. None whatsoever. So exactly. we don't. Yeah. And it's a guarantee. And, and I have no idea. It is idea. a guarantee. Yeah. And I nobody's, unless, what, but then again... What happens if Monsanto, we've said this before, Monsanto wanted to sponsor the show for $5 million. No, oh, I'm so compromised, I'm gone in a We're heartbeat. Done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, let, me, let me just. Uh, AdamandCurry.com. Give me a call, boys. But, <laughs> can you imagine uh, us then, going like, can you imagine us going it. like, this is great. Hey, man, I just ate some Monsanto corn. It was so tasty. Was it? Did you put a lot of Monsanto butter on it? Yeah, I smeared some uh, high fructose corn syrup all over it. It was oh, awesome. Yum. Awesome. <laughs> no, so that's not how we roll. <laughs> As it were. Um, no, the way this works is pure value for value. And um, we have a couple of people who have... Uh, uh, donated in larger amounts today, which uh, makes them uh, executive producer and or associate executive producers, which works very much the way Hollywood does. It's an actual credit. You put up the money, uh, you get a credit, and uh, that means that the webcam girls will love you. They will, especially if you flash the dough. Yeah. So we have a funny situation today. We, you know, we had it was a good. It was a yeah, it was an average Thursday actually, but we had one executive producer. And then a slew of associates. I've never seen this unbalanced, so 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 unbalanced ever. Hmm. So let's go and, and or one executive producer, and he didn't even come in through PayPal. He sent a check, so it could have been for the last show. But it's, it's our friend Greg Greg uh, Samunich in uh, West Chicago. Oh, cool. Uh, Four hundred eighteen dollars. My wife Dame Kathy uh, Samunich got me to listen to the No Agenda about two years ago, and her contributions thus far have always been to from our account. Now I want my own credit. I want you to know how much I appreciate how you both deconstruct the lamestream media. I can't even listen to any of it anymore for 30 seconds without disgust. And my week and weekend is not complete until I finish both No Agenda shows. I'm happy to produce 417 or 418, depending on when you receive this. 417, well, I guess it did come in right away. Yep. Please uh, keep up the outstanding work because this is the best podcast in the universe and as my darling wife before me i ask for karma for the u.s constitution as it needs it badly Uh, beautiful absolutely beautiful you've got karma i think we'll need to to heap on some more of that karma to keep that thing going though uh, hello hello Oh, okay uh hold on a second i do you want to do okay we'll do it for the next show uh, I'm talking. JC came in with it because I, I got a. There's a note that came in, and it's just like, wait a minute, did we anybody address this? And then I'm not sure. So it looks like we. Anyway, we'll talk about it after the. You are making segment. no sense. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> Doctor Spock in Pearland, Texas, is making sense though. I guess I jumped to him. Let me go back. No, no, I have LFVW in Key Largo, Florida, two hundred fifty dollars. Bill and no note. Bill Hoggy. Howie. Hoggy. Hoagie? Hoagie? I'd say Hoagie. 
Hoie, H-A-U-G-H-E-E, in Howie? Niles, Michigan. There's a lot of Niles's all over the place. $250, time to move from boner to donor. Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. Says we got a great show, and he's got to turn this donation thing around. Doctor Spock, Pearl in Texas, two fifty. Do not read my name on the air. No, he wants to be called Doctor Spock. Uh, it's Doctor Spock, aka Doctor Anonymous, aka That Boy B, aka. And it anyway, goes on here from Houston, just up the road, John. Just up the road. You've never been to Houston. I have been to Houston several times. <sighs> Why? I just wanted to donate to show my appreciation for the show. I have a Texas story later in the show, by the way. Cool. I'd like to reflect for the record that this donation note is being written while I'm high on a toxic combination of bath salts, crack, and PHP. PCP. PCP. <laughs> I'm not doing the voice because this is bull crap. <laughs> yeah. My eventual goal will be to become the most fucked up night in no agenda history. I just hope that I can survive the journey. Now that John has assumed the appropriate voice, no, I haven't, <laughs> to reflect my level of inebriation, it's very, way, way too uh, well written. I just wanted to state that the show is effing awesome. Uh, Adam has done an excellent job dissecting and analyzing the disinformation that is presented to us on a daily basis by the MFing lamestream media. It's a very profane person. Yeah, really. Well, that's Dr. what bath salts will do to you, man. Also, uh, John's witty rejoinders also provide the show with many hilarious segments. That provide <laughs> That's your contribution right there. Yeah. Witty, witty rejoinders. <laughs> you get no hey. respect. Eh, same money. <laughs> Those are just a few of the positive ways the show has changed my life. This is one of your fans. I can tell through all the cursing. Uh-huh. However, not all is so rosy around these parts. Houston, due to the vividness and clarity of the harsh realities your show presents to us in No Agenda Nation on a biweekly basis. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I didn't need to ask for karma or anything. That's odd. Hmm. Okay. Borislav Marinoff. Sir. Sir Borislav to you. Uh, Aliso Viejo, California, 20850. I'm still expecting a human resource. Please send good karma to him, his mother and his brothers. P.S. I know I have contributed for several knighthoods, but I'm trying to get all three of them to become knights at the same time. So oh, wow. bear with me slash us for a little bit longer. Oh, Sir Bears. And then he says, PPS, $208.50 equals 417 divided by 2. Oh, well, then I'll give you a 417 Club member credit while you're at it. Good one. You've got karma. <clears throat> I like that. Very cool. Justin Seitz, Sir Justin Seitz in Pittsburgh, 20777. Want to give you guys some love since the Ron Paul doesn't need money anymore. We'd love karma to help me master the stock market to let me live the American dream a little bit easier. Would love any recommendations from John on books. Read Horowitz's book. He's got a couple of them. Uh, to uh, read people, to listen to things, to subscribe to. Currently use Investor's Business Daily, which is not bad. Uh, Horowitz likes that. Uh, finally, if the market's short, if my market short through the active bear ETF, I will send you more love. <laughs> well, good luck, and let me give you some karma. I have no idea what you're talking about. You've got he's, karma. He shorted. A, he he bought an exchange traded fund that is a, a short fund. Uh-huh. So you buy. It's actually a cool way to, for people who really want to short the market, and they have their money in a four hundred one k or something where they, they you can't short. You you can't short your four hundred one k, but you can buy one. You can go long on one of these uh, short funds. Right, so yeah. it's just a, 
bypass way to bypass yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's boring it's, yeah, boring. it's very boring and you don't do it you just yap about it you're not an investor <laughs> I don't, I'm not, yeah. no I'm, I'm away I, I told one of my columns in market watch stay out of the market I listen I listen to your Dvorak Horowitz show when you guys talk about Crocs and mattresses and like oh, oh yeah what is this Horowitz show all is about when it comes to spotting these weird trends <laughs> uh Gene uh, Naftuliev oh yeah another familiar name I think it's Naftuliev yeah right? Naftuliev Frisco, Texas. Right down the road. Yeah, that is down the road. 20202, uh, Karma Shmarma. I forgot to ask for Karma last time I donated, and I got it anyway. I got a new COO position shortly after the last donation. Here's another donation, as well as a PR mention. I am printing or pointing noagenda.in to you guys to help direct some of my offshore resources in India. Oh, in India to your show. This means nobody will ever click on that. No, no, no. Are you kidding me? That's... Oh, no, they'll click on it so they can get the show for free. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wait, uh, so let's just give him another karma just in case. You've got karma. Stephen Vanderhaaf. From, from the Hafen. Vanderhaven. I only have From the Hafen. Hoffman, that's right, Bellhaven, North Carolina. I wonder what a Dutch thinks of North Carolina. You know, North Carolina is one of the prettiest, most interesting states in the United States. What, do you really lie awake at night thinking, I wonder what the Dutch think of North Carolina? I do. I wonder what the Dutch think. $200.07. In the morning, I wanted to let you all know why I've been hesitant about donating for the past few months. I've appeared I've received my bad karma. Or I receive bad karma. Every time I donated to the show, at least within a week or two, I would hit a deer. Oh. This is good news. <laughs> what? Just drive a different car. You got good eating here. Yeah, these are uh, ho- rats with hooves. What's your problem? This is. I commute about 70 miles per day to work, and it appeared that I would be running a gauntlet every time. So now I'm asking for some good karma this uh-huh. time, uh-huh. as I know that if I hit one more deer, that will be the end of my ride. <laughs> I'll send pictures in a separate email. I'm, I am in support of you guys possibly looking at taking a break. Mm. Huh. <coughs> Once it's off the air. I do believe you all yeah. deserve a break. It might be painful for the listeners, but they need to realize that you're a human as well. I hope Adam and Miss Mickey have a fantastic wedding and a long-lasting marriage together. Well, that's very nice. But let me just get this right. Um, karma doesn't work. If it happens again, uh, I'll ne- you'll never hear from me again. And go away, get off the air. Is that basically the message? <laughs> yes, that's one of your Dutch friends who moved to North Carolina. All right, let's hit him with some karma. Good karma. You've got karma. <laughs> and finally, on the long list of associated producers here, John uh, Catalano in House Springs, Maryland, $200. Please give me Take Your Med Slave Jingle and get me the fuck out of this hellhole that is Singapore karma. Uh, John, formerly from Tokyo. Now, I'm finally glad to see somebody uh, call Singapore for what it is, which is, you know, it's a fascist state. It's <laughs> real clean, very clean and safe. It's a good place to vacation. Yeah. It's a good place to take the family. Right. Very entertaining. But it's, ugh, to live there, I don't know. And that is our list of producer. No, he did the karma at the end of that. No, he didn't. Ask. He just said. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he just said, said take your me meds. Out of the hell whole Singapore karma. Oh well, I'm so sorry. You've got karma. New jobs on the way.
Right. Um, thank you all so much for uh, supporting the program in our value for value model. We bring you great news and analysis, uncompromised. It's guaranteed. Uh, PR mentions today uh, the Den Man. You know the Den Man. You remember the Den the, Man? The Den Man. Yeah, the, the, he's one of our. Oh, uh, the Den. Oh, the Den Man. Da Den Man. Oh, yeah, uh, he has created an archive. Apparently, uh, even at NoAgendaNation.com, we've had uh, an issue finding every single MP3 file of all shows ever done. And he has created it. And, oh, it, and it's now available at allshows.nashownotes.com. Allshows.nashownotes.com is real easy. You can just... Uh, Go to that, and uh, he's maintaining that list, so that we thank him for that. That's fantastic. I've also uh, posted, uh, there's this new uh, free, this is one guy who's doing some guy in uh, Gitmo Nation, Doucheland, uh, bitlove.org, where you essentially input your RSS feed, and then uh, up pops a list of uh, torrents. So he torrentizes uh, every single one of the shows, and there's a link in the show notes for that as well, on bitlove.org, which is kind of cool to have an automatic torrent service reminder the uh, no agenda news app uh at nanewsapp.com uh, available for your iphone and ipad if you want to get all the show notes and the uh, no agenda news network.com uh, on one of these ios devices um then uh, that is something you need to take a look at and that is uh, that's pretty much all the pr we have except of course brad connell who i already thanked at the beginning of the show for creating the art on the last episode no agenda art generator.com is where you can help us out there and you can always continue to support the work we're doing here by going to dvorak.org slash n a of course you can propagate our formula if you wish our formula is this we go out we hit people in the mouth So, uh, what is this, by the way, that you're playing? Shut up, Smith. Dvorak, you need to shut up. Oh, I know what you're doing. You're taking your, uh, your slide whistle synthesizer, whatever you call it, and you're now (laughs) running your voice into it. Take your medicine, Dvorak. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) You can't hear it. What are you saying? It's all grumble. It's all rumbles. It's it's not, you you need to turn it down. You got to. Screw with the uh, horizontal and turn up the vertical on that thing. All right, let me try it this way. Take your medicine. No, it sounds. It just sounds muddled. It's too muddy. I think it's too muddy for Skype, but it sounds pretty. Well, I think the the chat room hears it. They're happy with it. They're not happy. They're the very... chat room can't be happy with anything. It's a chat room. <laughs> chat room. Chat room. It's a chat oh, room. We're happy here in the chat room. <laughs> what other good things should we say? <laughs> Uh, Joan Rivers had an interesting little ditty the other day. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, now, Joan Rivers. Um, she was on Letterman. No, this was uh, on CNN where she was interviewed. I didn't see her on Letterman. Well, she's got a book or something out. Yes. She's making the rounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her book is I Hate Every Everyone, uh, Including Myself. And I used to go on her show back in the MTV early New York days. She had the Joan Rivers show on, uh, I think it must have been Fox, the local Fox uh, show. A delightful woman, I have to say. Very, very sweet. Very charming. Uh, Of course, uh, quite a foul mouth on her. Um, But she is the first 
person I think I've heard in mainstream, and she can afford to do this just for who she is and how she, she's like the honey badger. She really does not give a shit. And um, this is what she said uh, about the campaign known as the presidential reality show. It, um, if you look at the match between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, what do you think? Both idiots. Both. How <laughs> dare you spend two years campaigning? This country's in trouble. They should do what England does. Six weeks to find out what everyone thinks before they vote for them for parliament. That makes sense. Two years? First of all, the president, get into the White House and do your goddamn duty. And Mitt Romney, two years, you all hate each other, and now they're all going to come together and say, but we really love him. I find it disgusting. The money spent? The money spent? Outrageous. Obama went to a dinner party for Democrats, $40,000 a plate. You're not Democrats. You're not Democrats. You're very strong Republicans. <laughs> I love her. It was great. Well, she's make, stating the obvious as far as like, we're concerned. Well, of course, but th- this is what you hear. It's so rare that you hear it. But, of course, she's a funny lady. <laughs> she's funny. She's just doing rivers of a body. Don't worry about her. She just, <laughs> she's just a little bit kooky. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well... But, now, she doesn't sound too funny, I'll tell you that. Nah, she's adorable. Now, there was some code that uh, that I caught, and uh, it was surprising to me. Uh, in in light of, you know, because, of course, we have these leaks. You know, this is still ongoing. The leaks of the, the cyber warfare uh, viri released uh, and propagated by our current president. Uh, the expansion of the drone program, again, 35 uh, uh, human beings, although in his eyes, probably just human resources, uh, annihilated by drones just this week alone. And we'll be, you know, we're just going to start counting from now. We're just going to keep track of it. Um, and uh, need so, the back body count, too. Oh, that's uh, going to be hard. It's around. I can find it. Yeah. And uh, so now we have a, you know, a lot of people are very angry about this book and the, and the, and the New York Times article. And, of course, the, you know, I think it's pretty much decided uh, we're going to discredit uh, Obama. Get him out. You know, I don't care how many parties, Sarah Jessica Par- Parker and uh, uh, what's the douche from Vogue magazine? Anna Wintour. Yeah, uh, Anna Wintour. Yeah, yeah. Who talks with a British accent for some unknown reason. I poop on her. So, you know, they're doing a $40,000 a plate dinner tonight at uh, SJP's house. That's how you, yeah, you got to say it. It's SJP. SJP. Who's SJP? Sarah Jessica Parker. That's how you got to uh, say it if you're in the media. SJP. Um, so there's Republicans. That must be a heck of a thing. They'd be have a, a that's got to be, oh, God, geez, never mind. Go on. Yeah. I, I'm starting to itch thinking about it. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, me too. Um, so, but there's not just Republicans who are on board with this, but also Diane Feinstein. Uh, who, of course, is uh, in charge of the uh, Intelligence Committee. And she's a Democrat, and we know that she hates Obama. Uh, She hates him uh, mainly because, um, if you believe the White House insider, uh, Obama killed her uh, two of her buddies, uh, one of them being the, uh, uh, not just killed, but also stole all of her campaign money. California is, I mean, I'm glad I'm out of there. That whole place is rife with corruption. So she's ready to do anything to to oust this president. Don't think that she just because she's a Democrat that she's on board. She's definitely on board with, um, you know, with whoever's running the show. And she's on with Wolf Blitzer, 
And she uses a term that uh, now I, I, I growing up in a Germanic speaking country, um, there's multiple interpretations of this word. But I think in America in particular, there's only one way you can interpret it in a political sense. And I think she's sending code out um, that that uh, something. Well, you see if you can detect the word and see if we can, we can figure out the code together. Here she is talking to. Wolf Blitzer. Senator Saxby Chambliss, because a special counsel, obviously, that would be a huge deal. Once that door opens, you never know where it's going to close. Is that your concern? Well, and it can go on for five years. Uh, I mean, we don't know. Uh, I have some other thoughts. I don't want to discuss them here. I'll discuss them with the committee tomorrow morning. Uh, I think what we're seeing, Wolf, is an anschluss, uh, an avalanche of leaks. An Anschluss. Wow. Now, uh, that were, uh, her pronunciation is weird. It should be Anschluss. That is the German word. And you can go to the Book of Knowledge. Uh, the Anschluss has an entry. I'll just read the first paragraph. The Anschluss, at the time of the event and until the German orthography reform of 1996, uh, also known as the Anschluss, was the occupation and annex- annexation of Austria into Nats- Nazi Germany in 1938. What is she trying to tell us, John? Hmm. So she drops the word Anschluss in and then changes it to avalanche. So uh, she's thinking one thing and saying another. So I agree. That I agree. I think those two. I, I agree. I think the word Anschluss came out and then she said uh, an avalanche because she, she probably meant to say an avalanche of leaks. But the word Anschluss came out. Yeah, and that's not the kind of word, let's, let's make it clear, that's not the kind of word that's at the tip of your tongue at all moments. Hey, baby, uh, should we go to the Anschluss tonight? No, no, it's just not one of those things that just flops out, because, you know... No, just- you have to, that has to be a word that's on your mind. So, uh, well, she's in the intelligence committee, so I bet you the word is being bandied about within the intelligence uh, committee. Uh, and it means it's CIA or one of the other agencies is using the term itself. Mm-hmm. But why? So that, so that's what I'm thinking is going on, and that would indicate to me that we've got some sort of uh, annexation program uh, underway for some other country, or we're being annexed. Well, that's that's I can see. Yeah, no, I don't think that's if that was the case. I don't think so because I think the word's aggressive and it's and it's a forward it's a forward working word, which means that you would. Um, you wouldn't think of yourself as a as a as a there's that would you wouldn't have that word at the tip of your tongue if you're being annexed because it's just not a word that comes you're not being anschlussed. Uh I don't think so. I think we're taking over someone. Hmm. Well, then maybe it's uh, directly related to Iran. <clears throat> Because it's all about uh, the Iranian, uh, the viri we sent to Iran. It's about uh, Iran's involvement with um, with Syria. That that's what this is all about. About these well, leaks. Well, well, I do have some Panetta clips. I've got two clips on of Panetta discussing with uh, one of the guys on sixty Minutes. The one of the, the, the this show stinks. <laughs> 
But he uh, there's a, and there's a there's a very interesting break point. I, there's a two parter here, and the break point is interesting in and of itself, insofar as the propaganda is concerned. So play uh, Panetta on Iran, and this is this is policy. This is the policymaker we're talking to here. But on this trip, Panetta wasn't worried about Russia's thousands of nuclear weapons. He was thinking of what he would do if Iran built just one. Uh, the United States uh, and the president's made this clear does not want Iran to develop a nuclear weapon. Uh, that's a red line for us, and it's a red line, obviously, for the Israelis. So we share a common goal here. If we have to do it, we will do it. What is it? If they proceed and we get intelligence that they're proceeding with developing a nuclear weapon, then we will take whatever steps are necessary to stop them. Including military steps? There are no options that are off the table. We were surprised to hear how far he thinks Iran has come. Huh. All okay. right, so his red lines. Him and his red lines. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do no, no options. Line, he won't say anything. He looks, like, he looks like he's a boozer. Well, he's Italian. Think? He probably likes to drink. He's a big, big probably red a good nose. vino. Yeah. Now, yeah. now there, this was voiceovered after, obviously, or during production. So it was voiceover after he produced it. So if you can just play the little snippet at the end where Pelly, Scott Pelly, uh, makes a commentary about what we're about to hear. Uh, I want to go over that and before we play the next clip. Wait, so this is, is this... Just the end where he says, he's going to tell us something. Hold on, so you want me to... I'm, Just play sorry. the very end of the clip we played. Oh. Well, it's, you see, I didn't know you were going to do that, and it takes oh, a second. Oh, sorry. No, no, just because it has to... It's okay, you can moan and groan about it. Uh, hold on a second. <clears throat> just play it. <laughs> but, on the, but I can't fast forward it now. It's right I, there, you had it. No, but you want the, the ending of it. Here it is, okay. So we share a common goal here. If we have to do it, we will do it. What is it? If they proceed and we get intelligence that they're proceeding with developing a nuclear weapon, then we will take whatever steps are necessary to stop them. Including military steps? There are no options that are off the table. <clears throat> okay. We were surprised to hear how far he thinks Iran has come. Okay, so it's do it. We're going to do it. No, no, no. Yeah, right. They're going to do it. But Let's no, he's, the, the last part is what I'm talking about is when he he's comes surprised. out. His voiceover says, we were surprised to hear how far Iran has come. Now, what does this put into your mind? What, what, what is that commentary, which is a voiceover done after production, post-production? What does that tell you? That uh, they've got a bomb and they're ready to, and it's aimed at, at uh, D.C. So, so now we're going to clip back to Panetta, who is going to apparently tell us how far. Because you're going to be surprised. Okay. You're going to be oh, surprised. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be flabbergasted, perhaps. You're going to be surprised Gab at how far Iran has come. Gobsmacked, I shall be. All right. So here's, here's, here's the surprising information. Consensus is that... Uh, if, if they decided to do it, it would probably take them uh, about a year to be able to produce a bomb and then possibly another one to two years in order to uh, put it on a deliverable vehicle of some sort in order to deliver that weapon. <laughs> they don't even have wheels yet. If they decide to do it, <laughs> this is not telling us how far they've come. I'm surprised. This tells us nothing. Well, no, actually, I am surprised. He's right. I'm surprised that <laughs> there's nothing happening. Nothing. Yeah, this is very surprising. 
it's not presented that way. This is bad. This is just bad. It's I mean, when I heard this, it was actually just one of the, another one of those things I heard after. Yeah, of course. And listening to this, I went, my God, this is so misleading. We're not surprised to hear how far they've come unless we actually listen and discover that they, they haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. I, I was just, just just floored by that. Sorry. I find these little irritations in the mainstream media that are just used to, to bamboozle the public. And again, when you're watching it visually, as you've pointed out, you don't notice it. You just have the, the just the meme goes into your brain and, and you walk away going, oh, my God, they've almost got a bomb. <laughs> but but it turns out you should just be surprised they got nothing. No wheels. They they're got still, nothing. They're still making the tires for that. Which is thing. what all the intelligence communities have said. Yeah. So why do we keep going down this path well because we've uh, we've got to keep them off nuclear energy for one uh, and we've got to you know we, we just got to keep these guys at bay we don't want to i mean the fight is all proxy we, we want to it's really about russia we know this it's really all about russia in fact uh, i should bring out uh, the message is clear <laughs> so uh clippity clop uh, making a lot of noise uh, this week and um, I took two little clips. Uh, the first one, she was at a conference with uh, Shimon Perez. And uh, this is a little sit down. And uh, she lashes out at the Russians for uh, supplying attack helicopters to Syria. But she brings in something that was not analyzed by your favorite lamestream media. We have confronted the Russians about stopping their continued arms shipments to, to Syria. Um, they have, from time to time, said that uh, we shouldn't worry. Everything they're shipping is unrelated to uh, their actions internally. Uh, that's uh, patently untrue. Uh, huh. And we are concerned about the latest uh, information we have, that there are attack helicopters um, on the way from Russia to Syria, which will escalate uh, the conflict quite dramatically. There seems to be a massing of Syrian forces around Aleppo uh, that uh, we've gotten uh, information about over the last 24, 48 hours. Uh, that could very well be a red line for the Turks in terms of their uh, strategic red and, line. and national interests. Um, so we're watching this very carefully. You're exactly right. Red line for the Turks. And we've already discussed that uh, the Turks are saying, hey, we've got Article 5, we've got Article 6, time for Article 7, or Chapter 7, uh, and we would need a Chapter 7 resolution of the North Atlantic uh, Treaty, and that means going in and taking over. That means it, if uh, the Turks are attacked, or if they feel attacked, they can invoke their Chapter 7 um, rights and ask for a resolution to go in and kick some ass. And we really do need to be kicking ass on the ground. And, and why, I'll tell you in a moment, because that uh, the coded messages are coming out about that now as well. But first we have to now, so we've had a, a slap in the face of the Russians. It's patently untrue that Russia is, you know, just sending some, you know, blankets and water. No, it's attack helicopters. They're arming the Syrian. They're, they're, try, they're indirectly responsible for killing women and children. And so uh, she does uh, one of these uh, clippity clop uh, press conferences with, uh, I think, the prime one of the uh, prime minister of India. And uh, as always, these are not about uh, 
the conversations really that she has with the person who's visiting. You know, they come into the room, the doors open, clippity clop, clippity clop. It's about the questions afterward. And this was scripted. And the reason why is you'll hear uh, Peggy Newland uh, call on Jill Abrams of, uh, what is Jill Abrams, CNN or CBS? Uh, Abrams, I don't know. So, well, we know, we know that uh, they're buddies because they, uh, uh, in previous uh, uh, Q&A sessions, we've heard uh, uh, Secretary Clinton uh, say, oh, Jill, you know, it's going to be great in Paris. We're going to get our hair done and all that crap. So, they, you know, this is a setup. And uh, and, and they actually inject some humor into it. Madam Secretary, uh, you and Minister Lavrov of Russia appear to be calling each other liars. In essence, you are saying that Russia is providing helicopters. In fact, the word was used en route today, en route to Syria. Uh, Minister Lavrov completely denies that. He says they're providing air defense systems, but everything that they are providing does not violate international uh, laws. Uh, Then he threw it back at you and said that the U.S. indeed is providing arms and weapons. So um, you can't both be right. Who is? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, they can both be right, so that's bullcrap. Jill, that was so funny the way we wrote that together. (laughs) So, of course, she won't answer the question, but she says something very interesting yet again. Well, I was very clear yesterday um, about our concern regarding the continuing uh, military relationship between Moscow and the Assad regime. Um, We have repeatedly urged the Russian government to cut these military uh, ties completely and to suspend all further support and deliveries. Um, Obviously, we know because they confirm that they continue to deliver. and we believe that uh, the situation is spiraling towards civil war and it's now time for everyone in the international community uh, including Russia uh, and all Security Council members to speak to Assad with a unified voice. Okay, now just bear that in mind. She says civil war, this is very important. uh, And insist that the violence stop and come together Uh, with Kofi Annan to plan a political transition uh, going forward. It it is something that uh, we believe is in everyone's interest, most particularly the Syrian people. Uh And Russia says it wants peace and stability uh, restored. It says it has no particular love lost for Assad. uh, And it also um, claims to have vital interests in the region. What? It claims to have vital... She's saying this like, they don't have any vital interests. Oh, let me think. How about the massive deep water harbor that they run, that they own? She's literally saying they claim to have some interest, strategic interest that just, that's just full of crap. Yeah, that's what that implies. That's, to- that's a total bogative lie. I mean, of course, it is... You the- claim to have this clip from Hillary... Yes, I claim to have that. (laughs) Uh, And relationships that it wants to continue uh, to keep. They put all of that at risk if they do not. That, now there's the threat. You're putting your harbor at risk 
That's the threat right there. All of that, all of those assets you claim to have, you're putting that at risk, Ruskies. Uh, move more constructively right now. Now. And I would um, emphasize that uh, the United States has provided no military support to the Syrian opposition. Oh, no military support. Just water and blankets, I presume. None. None. Um, all of our support has been medical and humanitarian mm-hmm. uh, to help relieve the suffering of the Syrian people. Mm-hmm. A total of $52 million so far. We have also provided non-lethal support to the opposition, including things like communications gear. <laughs> Communications gear. I love the choice of words. It's, it's like, hey, here's a backpack full of walkie-talkies. That's from <laughs> us here. This is your communications gear. Um, so uh, rather than um, uh, having a long-distance uh, debate... She can't remember his name. Uh, ...with my uh, colleague... <laughs> Lavrov. Yes, she can't remember. Lavrov is his name. Um with whom I work on so many issues on a regular <laughs> this is terrible. basis. She can't remember no, his she, name. She couldn't remember his name. Uh, I would urge that we follow the lead and request of Kofi Annan uh, and come together to try to implement uh, the pillars of his plan. Nah, right. So we've learned some important things here. First of all, um, they have you know they're full of crap about their uh, harbor, which is very, which they have which they're digging deeper now for their warships. Um, and for a number of strategic reasons, of course, pipelines would be one of them. Um, we really don't want them there. And uh, the word is now definitely out. If you don't cooperate with us, i.e. if you don't work with us on the United Nations Security Council, you are um, at risk of losing, losing this. Now, she mentioned civil war, and this is very important. The Clintons have a script. And this has been done before. In fact, it was at that time a script against Russia and at China. And this, of course, is Bosnia. So we have to go back to uh, the 90s. Um, and some weird stuff happened with the bombing uh, of Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, including the bombing of the Chinese embassy. Remember that in Belgrade in, uh, in the late 90s? Yes, the accidental. Oops. This is a good one. Yeah. This, they, they had a, uh, it was a, uh, one of those uh, cruise missiles that were very, very accurate. Very accurate. Pin, <laughs> very pinpoint accuracy. They can land, they go through a window, they used to say. It would come right through the window. No, they had video of it. They had video Somehow, of it going through a window. <laughs> one of them went off course and blew up the Chinese embassy. How is it possible? Really pissed off the Chinese, by the way. Yes. And of course, uh, back in the day, uh, this was it, this is another NATO operation, but led by the Clintons when Bill was uh, president and uh, Hillary was running the show in the background, which is now clear to us. So, civil war, uh, ethnic cleansing, and making a connection to Bosnia. Now, this is the new code you're going to be seeing a lot of. In fact, Christiana Anampur. Uh, who still works for uh, CNN and uh, the compromised ABC. I think she works. She's, she's compromised. She brought out uh, uh, Ely Weasel. Are you familiar with Ely Weasel? No, uh, uh, Weasel. 
Ellie Weisel, Weasel. I like Weasel. Uh, Ellie, I, like, I like the Weasels better, but yeah, Ellie Weisel. I, yeah, I am familiar with him. Weasel, no, but now I am. <laughs> Ellie Weisel. So Ellie Weisel is, um, he says, a Holocaust survivor, which would put him at over 90 years. He says he was born in 1928. Um, and and, I, and uh, just a quick Google search will show you that there is a lot of controversy about uh, the legitimacy of his claims as a Holocaust survivor, but I, you know, I don't want to get into that because I it's haven't. Not, re- it's not what we're talking. It's not about, what we're right? talking about. Onward. But regardless, he is being brought out to make the connection, make the psychological connection between Bosnia and Syria. I cannot not tell you. Uh, this was. Uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, as a part of this interview. The first thing she does is she rolls out a clip of Bill and Hillary uh, with uh, the weasel speaking and saying, you know, we've got to stop this because we can't have another Holocaust. And this is in relation to Bosnia-Herzegovina. I cannot not tell you something. I have been in the former Yugoslavia last fall. I cannot sleep since what I have seen. Something, as a Jew, I am saying that we must do something to stop the bloodshed in that country. All right. So that was the first time they were, uh, he was uh, a part of uh, stopping something. So this something. clip was when? And in the 90s. Okay. So this is an old clip old of him. Clip. And, and what you're doing is you've, say, your claim is that they've found, they've, they're using the same script yes. which we've seen. Yes. They, yeah, okay. okay. Which makes sense because these, these guys seem to be working on off scripts. That they don't, they're not creative. It's a remake. It's just like uh, Men in Black 3. It's just the same thing over again. So here he is laying down the script for Syria. Scandal is that the world is not doing enough to stop it. I invited the president a few weeks ago to visit the Holocaust Museum in Washington. And in my introduction, I already mentioned Syria. Syria was then, as it is now, a symbol of mass murder. And the fact that we know, the fact that we can see it on television, mm-hmm. the fact that we YouTube. can speak about it, and nothing is being done, I'm that f- is a scandal. I am fascinated by what you said specifically in that regard. You said that the Holocaust, even that could have been stopped because people knew in 39, 40, 41, even 42. And you said particularly that each time in Berlin when Goebbels and the others always waited to see what would be the response in Washington or London or other capitals. And they were emboldened when there was no response. She literally is laying out the script now. I mean, she's not... She's not. Yeah, with a bullcrap interpretation of history. Uh, explain. Well, for one thing, what, what, even if they knew something was going on, what's anyone going to do about it? The British weren't, weren't interested in fighting. They were interested in negotiating. And we were isolationists for all practical purposes. What are we supposed to do until the Japanese bombed us? We weren't even remotely interested in this idiotic war in Europe. So it's not as though if we'd gotten the word that we had George Bush in charge and we'd be sending over drones and attacking them, Germany out of the blue, this is bull crap. And she's uh, not... And there is some evidence that somebody... There were some indications that was going on, but nobody gave a crap about anything. But what's interesting is he doesn't say this. She says, what you're saying is... Yeah. And then she draws that conclusion. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. But you read... <laughs> The memoirs of those of those men who committed the murders, who gave the orders to commit murders, 
they speak about it, that the world doesn't care. And they mention Washington, and they mention the White House, and they mention really all those people who were supposed to be the defenders of democracy, the great heroes of moral values and saviors of victims. They did not do anything. Oh yes, there was a war going on, let's be honest. Of course there was a war. But the words, the, the words were missing. They spoke about war, but they did not speak about what Hitler has done to the Jewish people. Day after day, at one point, when the Hungarian Jews were targeted, and I am one of them, 12,000 a day were gassed and murdered. So his message is very clear. Holocaust taking place in Syria, civil war, ethnic cleansing, just like Bosnia-Herzegovina, and we cannot sit on the sidelines without doing something. Boys, this is stretch. I think it's a stretch. Now, in Gitmo Nation East in the UK, uh, they have to communicate with their slaves a little bit differently. So the headlines there are serious ghost killers, steroid mad thugs who keep tyrant al-Assad's murderous regime in power are terrorizing civilians. Have you seen these articles? <laughs> Would they got these big hyped up guys like, you know, they're pumped up on steroids. They're slitting children's throats. There's uh, child abuse going on. It's it's crazy. Then Kofi, I mean, uh, Bunky Moon. This, by the way, goes back to a World War One script. Where, and if anybody wants to check out how this script operated, they can go to the Smithsonian, or actually the Library of Congress, and look at World War One posters. A great collection, and they showed uh, that what would happen in, uh, if we didn't get involved with World War One was these huge apes, these <laughs> giant apes. There's posters that show this. Giant apes with German helmets on, uh, get, with 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 women under their arms, big gorillas with women like under King their Kong, arms, like King Kong, like deep, deep a couple maybe deep uh, beheaded, <laughs> and they're coming with blood coming out of their mouths of the of the apes, and they're coming over to our shores to rape all our women. This is, this goes on forever, and it's like it's annoying to see it over and over and over again in all these different you know the variations are minor. So Ban Ki-moon, uh, Secretary General of the United Nations, threw another little uh, uh, bit of gas onto the fire. Actually, the uh, mainstream media took his annual report of uh, children and armed conflict and extrapolated one piece, one little piece about Syria, how children are being... Let me see if I have the, uh, the quote here. Um... Where's Ban Ki-moon? Here we go. Uh, U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon's annual report on children and armed conflict during 2011 included Syrian government forces and the allied Shabiha for the first time on a list of 52 governments and armed, gro uh, armed groups that recruit, kill, or sexually attack children in armed conflicts. And then he goes on to say that basically these hyped-up ghost killers on steroids are, uh, are raping children and killing them and just, you know, just horrible, 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 horrible. So, of course, I pull up the report for you, which you can find in the show notes, uh, 417.nashownotes.com. Yes, there is. Uh, the, well, actually, if I'll just read the, the opening paragraph here. Uh, present report, which covers uh, January to December 2011. Provides information on grave violations committed against children, in particular recruitment and use of children, sexual violence against children, killing and maiming of children, abduction of children, attacks on schools and hospitals, denial of humanitarian access to children by parties to conflict and contravention of applicable international law. 
The report covers 23 country situations of which 16 are on the agenda of the Security Council. Seven are not on the agenda or related to other country situations. Two new country situations added to the report, Libya and the Syrian Arab Republic, while two others have been removed, Haiti and Burundi. Why you would remove Haiti where children are dying of poop, poop sickness and uh, definitely being raped and abused is beyond me. And so, yeah, there is a report where they have one witness, one witness, count them one in Syria, who says, yeah, I saw uh, some of these ghost killers uh, uh, abusing some children. But what, what no one highlights... Let me just see here. Uh, we have, of course, I've highlighted all of this. So they have Lord's Resistance Army. Apparently, the Lord's Resistance Army, which we cannot find, which uh, has dwindled down to a group of like 10, was responsible for killing 101 children, 63 boys and 38 girls. So I don't know how they get that information. Why can't we find this guy, Coney, if uh, if we have that detailed a report? Uh, but no one is mentioning Occupied Palestinian territory in Israel, 448 children were killed in occupied Palestinian territory, including East Jerusalem, and five Israeli children, four boys and one girl, were killed and injured in Israel, Israel in incidents related to the conflict. No one mentions that. Not a single mention in the news. It's only this, this one witness in Syria, and no one else can confirm it. And interestingly enough... America's not on this list. Our children are below the poverty line. We've got uh, people being, uh, children being abused uh, by uh, the Sandusky. America's not on the list at all. This is only other governments that we want to go and conquer as the United Nations. This is very uh, egregious that, A, the only thing that's been highlighted in this report, and it's sad. I mean, it really, really is sad. Pakistan. Uh... In 2011, children continue to be victims of indiscriminate attacks, including by improvised explosive devices. Report indicate that a total of 57 children were killed. No mention of children killed by drone strikes, hellfire missiles, nothing, not a single thing. You could at least say one. There was one 15-year-old kid who was Anwar al-Awlaki's son who got killed by a drone. That's not in there. So your report, your report sucks, Bonky Moon. You suck. You can play the uh, Pet Peeve of the Day if you want. Yeah, I think I should. Adam C. Curry's Pet Peeve of the Day. The BBC messed something up, though, in their reporting. Uh, See if you can catch what they messed up in this report about Syria. Activists in Syria are reporting more violence and deaths in various parts, with several people reported killed in government shelling in the city of Dera. By the way, if we ever want to be taken seriously, this is how we got to talk. Yes, I know. Says John. You know, this, this Bunky Moon report, it really uh, doesn't seem yeah. very right. It's completely no, wrong. No, right. in the no, south, no, no. There's concern about the situation near Al Hafa, near the coast in the northwest, which UN observers were unable to reach after their vehicles were attacked and shot at. And shot at. Our correspondent Jim Muir reports from Beirut. OK, he's in Beirut, in Lebanon, which is also on the list. Syria finds itself in the curious situation where both sides in the conflict are predicting a massacre at al Hafa and already blaming the other for it. And now mind you, this is all being set up because we heard Lucifer talk about this. She got the intelligence. She knew it's happening. It's happening. She knows it's happening. It's all going to happen right there. And BBC, everyone, everyone's got the information. It's going to happen in there. Big, 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 big massacre. The mountain town is held by rebels and surrounded by government forces. 
State television has been heralding an impending slaughter by playing the recording of an alleged telephone intercept in which two rebels are plotting a massacre to be filmed and blamed on the government. Woo! I find that to be uh, big news. We got all these drones. They got these unbelievable cameras on that they can read a newspaper from 11 miles in the air. And we don't, we can't fly over this little area that we know where it's going to take place and see what the hell's going on. Are they doing it underground? I mean, I'm just wondering. I have no idea. Does it make sense to you? No. Okay. Uh, so the BBC uh, has uh, finds that there's an intercepted report between rebels saying, hey, we're going to cause a ruckus over here and blame it, blame it on the regime. Hillary says, yeah, we got a big ruckus coming. So that's coming. This is, these, are, these are hit squads, hit squads that are in there to create the vision of a civil war, ethnic cleansing. And the only thing that's holding him back right now is that Russia, I think China will come on board, but that Russia is vetoing and saying, no, we're not going to allow you to go in. But what they want, what they truly want, uh, and, this, and I've got to put this on Lucifer Clinton, is they want a replay of the Bosnia-Herzegovina script. That's what they want. And, and Russia, the word is out. You want, you want to keep your port? You want, you want anything? Do you want to be able to dock? Then you've got to get on board really, really quick. And I, I mean, the only thing I can see is that maybe in the next 24 hours or 48 hours, we have some huge slaughter and then it'll just be off to the races. They're just going to say, screw it. Uh, Russia will be demonized and they're going to go in. I mean, I, I mean, you know, Turkey uh, and this well, is all given Russia border. every chance we can. It's not that we're you know, not offering them a opportunity to be on, on this on the on the team. Mm. Russia must really have uh, they must have more. Uh, I don't know. I always get sometimes maybe they're more loyal, you know, because they did a deal with this Assad guy and they're still selling him a lot of guns and stuff. And they just uh, they just can't see doing it. You know, they want more or or they want more. They're negotiating. You know what we need, don't you? You tell me. You've got something going on and you need a distraction. Where's George? We got to bring Clooney in. That's the call I'd make. I'm like, uh, we can't seem to move this thing. Call Clooney. I, you know, he needs to cry. Clooney has been kind of out of the news yeah, for a while. Well, they've got to send him another check. Yeah, he's got to cry about something. You know, about the ghost so, killers. That's so I got that the hook work. on your Anschluss. Oh, tell me. Okay. You like it, huh? You like the gonna, Anschluss. Well, I know because I, I I understand what what the mechanism is here, and it's exactly. I still believe it's exactly the way I interpreted it. Which is that she dropped it because it's being used a lot. Because now here's an intelligence guy that uses it oh. on something called Press TV, a very obscure uh, little pro, news site. Pro, pro Russia, isn't that? Press TV is a Russian outfit? Mm, I think maybe. So. Yeah, I think Wouldn't that's me. Russian propaganda. Uh, American author, Islamic studies expert, says a Saudi proposal to merge with Bahrain. Oh. Yeah, no, 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 no. We, we discussed that. We know that's happening. Well, we know there's something fishy going on because of the fact that no one wants to do the uh, the Arab Spring for Bahrain and they're protesting left and right. So there's something, definitely something screwy going on. But it turns out that there's like a, a, which is, this would be an Anschluss. Hmm. And it looks as if the Saudis are going to be given the green light to take over Bahrain, Qatar. Right, then we have the United States of Arab, Arabia. The United Arab Emirates and Oman, perhaps. And Mm -hmm. there's going to be like a cooperation council created. And this is all has to do with 
It says the Gulf Corporation Council claims the purpose of the unity is to counter regional threats, a.k.a. Iran, Iran, because uh, it's a known fact that if if the Iranians get a uh, Iranians get a uh, a bomb, that the Saudis are going to have to go into this process, and this is going to could create some sort of a mess for everybody. And so I think they're going to create a United States of uh, of, of of Arabia of Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Press TV is a, is Iranian, by the way. Yeah, Iranian. Let's just move off of all of this because there's uh, we all we can do is just wait for it to happen. Well, at least we know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, that makes me, that always makes me feel better. I can just say, oh, okay, I see how the script is playing out. Um, so I was in uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, you know, we've, I've been tracking this autism thing, and uh, we went to, we got a coffee at a, at the coffee bean, and my daughter, bless her heart, she the says coffee bean, the coffee bean, yeah, that's funny. You know, that's huge in uh, Singapore. Well, it's nice and clean, and they don't sell gum there. And it's from the, you know, this, uh, you know, so we have the bonanza in the cyber warfare. We have the bonanza. And, you know, there's always nice to look at There's the, money to be made. There's, unless you're doing a podcast. Otherwise, there's money to be made. So, and of course. Know, we never plugged Dvorak.org slash or Dvorak. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. We did? Yeah, I did. I played the jingle. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Uh, so autism, uh, which, of course, is going to be a huge bonanza with DSM-5 coming out. This is the Diagnostic Medical Bible. Uh, which uh, they've changed autism to the ASD, the Autistic Spectrum Disorder, which puts all kinds of disorders your child would have uh, into this uh, this sickness, this illness, which you know your child just may be extremely talented and or brilliant, uh, but the resolution seems to be to give him all kinds of drugs. And, Drug him. And uh, so there's a couple of groups out there. Uh, one is uh, well. It's also it's uh, it's donation time. Autism speaks. Uh, they just came out and said, "Oh, our freezer, which held uh, brain tissue to do uh, autism research, failed. The, uh, the 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 alarms failed. The freezer failed. Uh, we're, you know, this might be foul play, but uh, this sets back autism research years. And uh, of course, this is a perfect opportunity." for Autism Speaks to ask for more money. These are all uh, 501 501c3 corporations, so they don't have to disclose their donors. And then there's this other group, another nonprofit, called The Help Group. They had revenues of uh, $14 million in 2010. Uh, they have not released their Form 990 for 2011, but I guess they have until October to do that, so I don't fault them for that. And uh, so my daughter picks up this brochure. She says, oh, look at the little autistic baby. He's so cute. I'm like, well, hold on. Uh, the help group leading the way for young people with autism. And uh, by fo- so I just want to read you this. Uh, the, the travesty that is taking place as the pharmaceutical industry is trying to drug your children from, a f- from four months of age. And let me just give you some of the symptoms. So this whole brochure is, uh, by the way, April was National Autism Awareness Month. I guess we missed that. Uh, By four months of age, your child may have autism if it does not make eye contact or makes little eye contact, does not seem interested in other people, does not react by looking at people when they are making social sounds, such as humming or clapping, (laughs) does not have a social smile, and does not show interest in watching people's faces. So if you have any of these, you immediately need to go see your doctor 
uh, and your child may uh, be listed on the autism spectrum disorder scale. Please contact your pediatrician. Then we have uh, 12 months of age, 24 months of age, and I particularly like, well, 24 months of age is kind of interesting, does not look towards an object that is pointed to. Maybe it's just a dumb object. Does not, does not point to share interest with others, such as pointing to an appealing toy. It may not just not be an What's an appealing toy? Does not imitate common activities. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. That's kind of self-contradictory. If it's an appealing toy, the, yeah. probably, but, if it's, but if he's not interested in this toy, it's not appealing. how would you know it was appealing? Because you like it? My, yeah. I like this pretty I like bear. the toy. Why yeah. don't you like it? Yeah. How many, I've given my kids so many gifts. Maybe it's a toy is a bolt. I know. I've given my, my kid toys. And, you know, and you know, you've done it at Christmas. The kid goes like, and plays with the wrapping paper. Oh, yeah, the autism. The aut- autism. Autism. You've got autism, kid. Take <laughs> your child to the doctor. Then we have... Uh, does not learn sim- CB radio. <laughs> Does not develop, pretend, or make believe play such as feeding a doll. I mean, I know kids, boys who like to play with cooking sets. I mean, come on. Uh, Does not spontaneously use meaningful two-word phrases. Example: Go car or look doggy by twenty-four months of age. I mean, look doggy. Look doggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and then I just want to go through other, I mean, the whole brochure is filmed, just picking a few out. Other early signs. Now, we've had the spinning, right? We like the, we like the, the spinning stuff. Uh, echoes what others say, which is called echolalia, without regular spontaneous speech. I mean, this is what all kids do. <laughs> Yeah, give an example. Say something, John. Uh, so, Adam, what are you going to do today? So, Adam, what are you going to do today? No, no, don't, don't, no, no, back, no, 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 don't back, back, no, no, me. don't back talk me. That's what kids do. I did that. Well, you still do it. Apparently, I'm just hearing it. Uh, demonstrate speech that sounds mechanical, almost robotic. That's funny because uh, J.C. Buskill Jr. used to play a robot when he was a little kid. <laughs> Get that kid to the doctor. You can still do it. <laughs> You can still do it. Prefers to play alone or does not show interest in other children. Maybe the children just suck. I mean, come on. Here it is. <laughs> Displays repetitive body movements, hand flapping, and spinning. A spinning. I love the spinning. <laughs> but here's a better one. And in the black <clears throat> community, he keeps shooting a basketball over and over and over. Walks on tiptoes. Have you ever wow. seen? I've seen this behavior, by the way. I saw a kid who was walking on tiptoes. And I'm like, wow, you're going to be a ballerina. Clearly, you're talented. No, you got you to gotta immediately lock that kid up and throw it into the doctor's office and th- th- shove some drugs down, it, down its throat and gives unrelated answers to questions. <sighs> this is just <laughs> typical moronic kid behavior. I'm sorry. This is, this is really, really, really disturbing. What is going on here? And <laughs> I like the question one. That was repeat that one. The question one. Say which one was that? It gives crazy answers to questions. <laughs> gives unrelated answers to questions. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think that there's a lot of humor that's could, you can you can do a bit out of that? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Say, Adam. So where are you right now? 
I like blue. <laughs> Take the kid to the doctor quick. Go car. Go car. Look, doggy. My goodness. Shame well, on all of you. Spinning all the way to the bank. Spinning and hand flapping. Stop that hand flapping. If anyone sees you, you gotta go to, you're gonna have to go to the doctor. Ah. And if that weren't enough, this this was now this got tweeted a lot. This was the most emailed article. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has uh, provided a grant of $1.1 million to develop a psychological measure to see how engaged students are by their teachers' lessons, which involves galvanic skin response bracelets. What? They're going to wire the kids up to a lie detector during class? Galvanic skin response bracelets that kids wear so their engagement levels can be measured. <laughs> You're right, and you just reverse it, and it's a galvanic skin response. That is the technology that is used for um, lie detectors. Lie detectors. Yeah, they use three things. You got your heart rate, you got your rest, your breathing, which is a strap strap around your chest, mm-hmm. and then this little these little clips that go on your fingers. So they're going to make bracelets, and and they've granted. Here's the description of the $498,000 part of the grant granted to Clemson University that was awarded in November. Purpose, colon, to work with members of the Measuring Effective Teachers Team, MET, to measure engagement psychologically with galvanic skin response, GSR, bracelets, which will determine the feasibility and utility of using such devices regularly in schools with students and teachers. You know who uses that device exclusively? Scientologists. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's how you become, you get on the clear machine. Scientologists have gotten into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I, I can almost guarantee it. That is that good catch. Hold on. Let's just, uh, we have to do something here. Consult the book of knowledge. Let's see. I'm just doing a Google search. Let's ask baby what she got for us. Hmm. No, I don't see anything. I think we're the first ones to peg this, John. No, I don't see any uh, any articles in the Book of Knowledge. For what? What are you looking for? I just did Scientology Bill Gates Foundation. See if I can oh, see yeah, any no, articles. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think... Uh, it, it, they don't make a big deal out of stuff like that. But this but it is, sounds like a Scientologist to me. Who else would come up with this idea? Well, and, this, and the Scientologists are huge about you know the flaws, what they, what they perceive as flaws in the education system. So they would put... And they love that... E, they call it an E-meter or something like that. They have yeah, a different name yeah, for it. Yeah, that it, it's, it's typically like two big cylindrical things you hold on to and it has a yeah, meter. Yeah, a couple of cans. <laughs> like two tin cans wired up to a voltmeter. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But this comes at the same week that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, your favorite band there, uh, Coldplay, you know those guys that you love so much that you play at the house? Green Day. <laughs> you like Coldplay too, trust me. Okay, sure. So they um, did an experiment with this thing called xylobands. And the xylobands are little RFID receivers. And this is, this is the hot new thing in concert. So you get a band, which of course is going to be uh, very similar to this uh, galvanic skin response band, I'm sure. It's going to have all kinds of stuff in here. And has little LED lights in it. And um, they can trigger these lights going on and off. 
during the concert, which, of course, makes for a spectacular effect. So the lighting is not just on stage, but the audience is also flashing, you know, red, yellow, in tune with the music, etc. And a couple of people in Gitmo Nation East who uh, um, had these bracelets at a concert and, uh, and had them at home, they noticed that all of a sudden they got reactivated. They started going off again. And according to the Xylobands guys, uh, oh, we were shooting a music video nearby. The transmitter range is two kilometers. That's the power of this RFID stuff these days. Two kilometers. They can broadcast the signal, and then it lights up. Wow. Yeah, that's cool stuff. In fact, I think we should have no agenda Xylobands. Yeah, we should. And then uh, and you just wear the band, and when, you, and when you're near a fellow producer home, it lights up. Like, I'm, I'm safe here. So have you ever been hooked up to a lie detector? Uh, I built one once. Well, with a Radio Shack 101 projects in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been hooked up to a lie detector? Yeah, I did. when I was at the University of California, they used to have psychological studies that you could sign up for. you get $100 if you'd participate. Oh, and how'd you do? Did you pass? <laughs> it's not like you pass or fail, but you get to be, you got hooked up to a lie detector and the things are, I think... You know, you you can't really. Here's the here's the situation I ran into, and that which makes me think lie detectors tend to work. Um, it was a test that was it was apparently a test where they where they sat you down in the lie detector and then they showed you a movie, one of those shop class movies, yeah, where the guy's sawing a piece of wood and then the wood catches onto the uh, blade and gets fl- flung across the uh, across the room and and spikes goes right through some guy, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then pins him to the wall and blood starts gushing out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was told in advance. Well, the other, and there was a second movie I had to watch, which was where they took where these uh, aborigines or some African tribe uh, circumcised their kids, but or their boys. Only the boys were like fourteen, and they used a a rock. (laughs) (laughs) What? They chase the kid down. It's a movie. It's around. Cool. They chase the kid down. They grab him, and then they take his pecker, and then they start pounding the end of it with a rock against another (laughs) rock to circumcise him. Awesome. It really, it's totally gross. So anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute. So is I, this on Netflix? Yeah, I'm sure it is. So you can, so, so, so somebody said, you got to take, take this thing just to see these movies are unbelievable. But he told me about the movies in advance. So I, so when they hooked me up to the lie detector, I was already anticipating. You set up. Yeah, you were set up. Of course. I was set up and the lie detector, I was watching it because he didn't, there's no reason to hide it. I was going nuts and I couldn't stop it. And the guy says, this is unusual. You know, why would you be doing this now? We haven't even shown you the movie. Well, hold on a second. You got a guy pounding another guy's pecker no, no, with I, a this rock. Be, I, this was an anticipation i was pinning the needles i was in, in, anticipating this gruesome oh, scene no. so i was oh. kind of tense <laughs> and so 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 it came through i having experienced that i'm pretty sure that if you had a real lie detector and you had somebody knew what they're doing and you could sit down and meditate i think you could control it i think you could lie to these things you know what you and i should both have a lie detector we should have these wristbands these uh, gates wristbands on during the show so that when we're lying it would go, you know, it's like, uh... Yeah. Well. No, we don't like that much on the show that I know of. I, I certainly don't. Although, I don't. Although, I'll say the guy with all the money, Alex Jones... Sorry, I, I know you hate it when I talk about him. 
He's now saying on his show, yeah, I knew about all this Ron Paul stuff. I knew that was, uh, it's been going on for months. I, was, I didn't want to say anything. What? <laughs> yeah. Remember the clip we played where he's like, yeah, well, Ron you're full Paul's of crap. All his you're full of crap. He's like, the guy was jumping. Jones was jumping all over that guy for revealing this information. Yeah. And now he's like, I knew this was happening. I just didn't want to say it. Uh, I got to call you out for bullcrap, buddy. Don't get, get too. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. So we have a couple of things. First, I want to discuss. Uh, uh, did you get the note from? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Where's his name? Uh, San, yeah, Sir Sander Hoxbergen with a picture of his wife. No, a picture of his wife? Yeah, go look it up. His, his, he, he comes in in a funny email. His, his, his wife is gorgeous. Uh, under, uh, let's see, it was under Sander, S-A-N-D-E-R, No Agenda TV. Yeah, he, he does No Agenda TV. Sure, let me yeah, see. Yeah, well, he, uh, we owe him another knighthood, apparently. Second, We're not giving it to second him knighthood. Uh, yeah, no, but I... Oh, wait, I see the attachment. Hold on a second. I hadn't seen the attachment. Let me see. Do, 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 do. Oh. Yeah, see, so you would have seen that. Yeah, I hadn't seen that, but I see it now. She's we'll cute. We'll, do we, we have to, now he's got a black night coming up in the, on Sunday. So. Ah, okay. Or screw up. Um, so, uh, well, let me get back to the spreadsheet. She's super cute. Yeah, she's very pretty. Um, we want to thank some people she, for helping us today. Show four one seven. In that picture, she does kind of look like I'm going to mess you up, Curry and Dvorak. Don't you think she has kind of that look on her face? She's got a. I'll she's kick got your a, ass. She's got a uh, uh, mischievous look. <laughs> she's got like I'm going to kick your ass. Look, so that's what I'm seeing. Well, if we don't give her a knighthood or yeah. name, which she, <laughs> so we're she doing will. That, we're doing that Sunday. Toby okay. uh, Toby Knotts in Kenilworth, Illinois, which is I think in the where uh, our buddy uh, is. That's the area where is a very ritzy little community just north of Chicago, hmm. like just immediately north, and it's I think where Jesse Jackson has a mansion. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, I don't have as any note from him. I, I might. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. And Morton Kiernan in Copenhagen. One, two, three, four, five. Isn't that weird or what? It's it, funny it, when that happens. Morton says, Dudating drunk and cognac in Kami, Denmark. ITM and keep up the good work. Looking forward to a new Farage barrage against the tick. EU would like some more analysis on the Schengen and the Spanish banking crisis. Would also like a karma to help me cope with work stress at the moment. Well, not very Cheers. drunk. Not very drunk. Well, he's not very drunk. He's You've too literate. Karma. Yeah. Now this came in when it looks like Astrid Klein, but it claims to it, it claims to be from Aumi, who's using Dame Astrid's uh, Tokyo uh, email address. And it's, it's for $111. And she says, hi, Adam. Hi, John. My friend Astrid, supposedly a dame, <laughs> annoyingly tried to hit me in the mouth many times. But now she tells me that you have a great scheme to bail us webcam girls out. <laughs> so I really want to support you. And since I'm a first-time donor, here's $111 for you fine guys. Astrid, by the way, wishes you happy Father's Day. Love from Tokyo, Aumi. Aumi. She should send her a picture. Where's yes, her picture? Yes, send, send, send a girl. picture. And yes, if John and I, uh, we have a plan, uh, once we're elected uh, uh, president and veep, uh, we will uh, 
provide a bailout to the American people by giving it to the webcam girls. We feel that this would be this would really stimulate the economy, as it were. So Lawrence Roik, $109.17 in the morning, hearing that Dame Tanya hit 3000 on Sunday, compelled me to donate. I like the competition. This now puts me at the three thousand wow. dollar level as well. Could use some car. We have to. We got to do some nights. Another You've night. Got yeah. Karma. Well, uh, how does that work? Buzzkill didn't put any nights on the list for. Uh, he didn't. Uh, Roy didn't say any. Dock his pay. <laughs> I think he owes his money now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so we're gonna do it all on Sunday. Please tell me. Yeah. No. Sunday we're gonna do a bunch of nights. I okay. guess. Yeah. This is crazy. Bernie in uh, Oshawa, Ontario, hundred dollars. Um, Richard Troiano in somewhere, Canada. Well, you uh, missed, California. It. You missed the know. whole big one here. Oh, yeah, Sacramento. Oh, it's in Sacramento. Sacramento. Sacramento, as we call it, it locally. Uh, I'd like to start off this donation by thanking you both for countless hours of entertainment. I've been meaning to donate again. I donated 33 some time ago for a podcast license, but never received it. Yeah, you have to go to firstnamelastname.podcastlicense.com. People think something's going to show up in the mail. That's uh, that's not the way it works. No, you have to print it off the website. Yeah. Uh, although I do not generally believe in the concept of karma, I'll give it a try. Can I please get a de-douching and some getting laid karma? If the getting laid karma works, I will be sure to let you know via another donation. Anyway, I was reading my favorite fictional book a few weeks ago, the 9-11 Commission Report. <laughs> yeah, I pull that off the shelf once in a while myself and if I want a good laugh. came across the following items that I bookmarked during my first read in 2003. I hope you find much humor in the following excerpts as I did. Chapter 7, Attack Looms. Uh, and he says, uh, according to KSM, operatives volunteered for suicide operations that for the most part were not pressured to martyr themselves. Upon arriving in Afghanistan, a recruit would fill out an application. <laughs> It's weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, have, you, have you not read the 9-11 Commission report? I have not. Oh, it's no. hilarious. You need to read it. Yeah, apparently. It's great. Uh, he, wait, he wait. Needs he needs a, a de-douching yeah. and a karma. Absolutely. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Moving along to Bradford Gale, Galeon. Galeon. One of the two. Galeon. Galeon. Lake Charles, Louisiana. $100, the best podcast in the universe. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. What does that mean? We played that on the last show. Oh, I forgot it already. So what does he need? Sir Greg Peters. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did he need some karma? No, he just, that's all he said. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Sir Craig Peters, not everybody wants karma. Good. It's actually, this, it turns out to cause a karmic imbalance. And then we have that guy hitting deer. Yeah, you, you got to be really careful with the with the karma because you know it could. Uh, Sir Craig Peters in Hatboro, Pennsylvania, a ninety nine ninety nine, which me, requires you <clears> to <throat> say something. Niner, 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 niner. My wife has started her second course of chemo. She went through a course of treatment a couple of years ago. So here's a quad niner for some karma for her. Please call out cancer for being a douchebag. Yes, douchebag. And any listeners in and around Gitmo Nation cheesecake steak steak. Oh, I said cake. It's steak. That's Philly for those slaves. Cheesecake would be part of Manhattan. Uh, about Gilda's Club, Delaware Valley. That's gildasclubdelval.org. Uh, I'm on the board there, and after donating to No Agenda, Gilda should get some money for all the good work they do to provide the free services for families living with cancer. Thanks, and keep the getting by delivering the greatest podcast. In the universe, Craig Peters, I'm including an extra $100 
or an extra trillion dollars. Yeah, he sent a in a, a oh, check. Zimbabwe? With another Zimbabwe. I have five of them now. No, I only have one. All right. Yeah, Let's well. give uh, his wife some karma there. You've got karma. Fuck the cancer karma. So Dennis Cruz in Beaverton, Oregon, 9999. Den- nine or nine or from the den, man. That's the den, man. He makes another appearance. Uh, com B-U-Y-R-A-R. Uh-oh. What? Soissons Neuf. Oh, yes, right. No, yeah, well, we have another string of these, which this is another long string, which is weird since it's almost ended a little while ago. Dubuque, Iowa, 6969, admitting you have a problem, the first step to recovery, so I've been told. So I'm admitting I've been a douchebag. Give me a douchebag thing. For not donating sooner, I won an online trivia game with information I knew from listening to No Agenda. (laughs) So I took the name Douche as a reminder based on John's earlier flub saying douche. I would also like to ask for some getting pregnant karma for some close friends trying to have their first human resource. You've got karma. Uh, The Devorah Curry Consulting Group can also help with that. Send pictures first. Bradley Ledin in Fayetteville, Arkansas, sixty nine, sixty nine. Sam Leon, Sir Sam Leon in Toronto. Uh, here thought the stake that you thought the streak would end, sixty nine, sixty nine. Irving Irving Owens Jr. Jr. in Alameda, uh, sixty nine, sixty nine. Brandon Savoie in Bremerton, Washington, sixty nine, sixty nine. Marcus Sapala angered. I don't know from Switzerland, I guess. Technically, a drunk donation from Gitmo Nation Tax Haven. Hey, 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 drunk. He says technically, though. Okay. Getting laid karma seems to do wonders, so we'll appreciate it again. I think I have a good point earlier today, though. <laughs> he's, he's, Isn't he's, it apparently Canadian he's Canadian. Now? He's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it sad that just one year ago, if you didn't believe they put you back in the van with a hood and <laughs> sent you to Gitmo, I suppose that's where the Gitmo Nation meme came from. And that... Would be the ultimate punishment. Now they just draw a baseball card and drone you. Things have seriously gotten worse, haven't they? And nobody's paying attention except you guys. Yeah. Well, here's some getting laid karma. You've got karma. Street continues with Levi Breederland in Aldergrove, BC, 6969. Nicholas Killam, St. John, New Brunswick. A lot of Canadians have got the 6969 thing going on here. 6969. Uh, well, it's actually used my pseudonym, Sight. Hey, way to go, Buzzkill Jr. Rocking the spreadsheet this week. Thanks. Hey, I'm a new listener, not drunk, he's asleep. From the Socialist Republic of Canada, my friend Double A introduced me to you guys because I was ranting about drones and other poop. <laughs> One day. Uh, so I'm so totally on a list now. So shout out to a longtime boner, Double A, for introducing me. Give him a douchebag. No, oh, no he's shout out, man. He wants oh, a shout, shout out. out. Sorry. Yeah, shout out. Nice to meet you. Donating six cents. It's that really, believe me, it doesn't come through. No. Donating sixty nine sixty nine because it seems to make John happy. And it's a nice <laughs> symmetrical number. It, it's you know, when you get it's older. Not really it's, symmetrical. It's, it's asymmetrical. The, it's the little things. Just well, I guess it is symmetrical in some, if, depending whether you're mirroring or okay. Just wanted to say you guys are awesome and provide a vital humanitarian service. Please oh, yes. keep doing the show even just once a week. My miserable slave existence would not be the same without your show. So you want some karma, and then he's got his, he's on the list for the birthday. 
You've got karma. In the morning. Oh. Don Razakis. 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 Hey, my old hood, Montclair, New Jersey. Montclair, New Jersey, were the home of uh, Adam Curry. Yeah, I actually... Adam Curry slept here. I technically lived in Verona, but uh, Glen Road, go check it out. 6666 in the morning with this donation may require a bit more than a standard two to the head and a subsequent revival. See, my fiance and I have been listening to the show since episode one and have never donated. We are such old listeners, in fact, that we remember Adam screaming, put away your Ken doll. Wow, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't either. And say it to each other often and say it to each other often enough for a good chuckle. When did we say that? What was the reference to put away your no Ken idea. doll? Hmm. Clearly the amount of boner you are dealing with here requires that you drone me. <laughs> Using the explosion sound that Adam has recently acquired before the de-douching, as I do not deserve karma. I simply ask that you give my fiancé, Jerry, a birthday shout-out for his 41st on Friday so she gets a uh, an explosion, an explosion and, a de- and a de-douching. You've been de-douched. David G. Nitschman in Severn, Maryland, 6583. Uh, love the show. If it wasn't for you guys, I'd still be a mindless sheep. <laughs> Can I get a de-douching two to the head and a squirrel? <laughs> sure. You've been de-douched. Squirrel. Tight. Yeah, that was a good one. Dan Tolls in Fremont, Michigan. Uh, hey, guys, I appreciate all the work. I've been listening for a couple of months, so I don't know if a de-douching is in order. Regardless, uh, I knew it was time to donate when my fiance and her roommates were watching K- Contagion last weekend upon Sanjay Gupta's cameo beginning... I lost it enough to be removed from the room. <laughs> yeah. And this does happen when you listen to No Agenda. You get, you do get shunned from social circles. It- <laughs> what a piece of pro-vaccine propaganda bullcrap. Mm-hmm. My donation's a lame attempt to recreate 6-13-2012, uh, my wedding day with an aforementioned fiancé, almost wedding. I request wedding planning and execution karma for us and Adam Miss K- Mickey. Thanks again. Continued later. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so let me uh, hit you with some karma there. And uh, be careful because you will get shunned from social circles. It's dangerous. You've got karma. Shane Pettin in Cartersville, Georgia, uh, 5678. Please accept a small donation as a token of our greatest and undying love for the show. We will save you lo- you the long and complex soundboard combination that we have argued over requesting. <laughs> <laughs> And only as that you give our wives, Sarah and Lauren, that's one hot MILF baby shout out, which will buy their allegiance to the show for the rest of our lives. Please shamelessly plug the we work, we wear khakis.com. We wear khakis.com. Best podcast in the universe. That's one hot MILF baby. Yeah, classic. Steven Govero and uh, Oxvoss. Oxvas, Missouri. Missouri. By the way, I got a letter from somebody to say, you know, you don't have to pronounce it Missouri. Nobody yeah, yeah. does that except the TV announcers in Missouri. I can't get off it now. Scott Car- Scott Carbon, Waterford, Michigan, 5510. Let me get some karma for my aunt with cancer. She's doing well, but keep ask, but I'll keep asking until it's gone. And since donations are down now, it's the summer months, yes. 
Uh, how about some shut up slave girl karma for anyone who ups their recurring donation by $2 or more within 12 hours of listening to this episode? Sorry if I'm behind. My phone stopped connecting to the Internet, so I'm refamiliarizing myself with how to put podcasts on my MP3 player while it's 1,700 miles away for repair, about 300 miles south of Adam. Oh, really? Mexico? (laughs) Anyway, you were ripping on World War Z, so I thought I'd say that the book is pretty good. I wonder personally if maybe the story's popularity was unexpected and now someone important is paying attention to it. I'll be interested to see which interviews in the book made it to the movie. Yeah, I, okay. don't, I, I can't find this. You know, we looked for that last week. I've lost the, the kid saying, shut up, slave. Well, that stinks. Yeah, it totally stinks. The only you one have it. It's on the machine somewhere. The only one I got is this one. I've got... Uh, morning. In the morning! I don't have the... shut. I don't know what happened to it. Isn't it at the end of that clip? No. No, that's a different kid. I, I, I feel really bad. I, I mean... Uh, you, do you think you erased it? It's possible. Hmm. It's possible. I'll look, I'll, I'll look on your backup disc. Yeah, I'm going to give a little karma, and I'll look for that one in the meantime. You've got karma. Uh, Sir Andrew Gardner, our racer from Avenue, Maryland, 5312. Got a race coming up. Going to get some adios mofo karma. <sighs> okay. I mean, I, I can't do all this at the same time. Adios mofo karma. All right. Adios what do you, mofo. What? You've got karma. Did I do something wrong? Is this my computer going off? Yeah, that's you. That's not... I don't, what? Yeah. He, well, I got like a video that's self-playing out of the blue. It's like I'm stuck here with this. What am I... <laughs> I got I to start shutting stuff down. I got some self-starting video. <laughs> Are you watching me, Vio? <laughs> no, I can't find it. <sighs> I killed something that did it. Wow. It was on GigaOm's site. Oh, right. That stuff's getting pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, what's weird is they have it delayed and then start like a half an hour later. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, okay. Anyway, he's got some, you gave him the mofo karma. Good. I did. I He'll did. send pics. Jason Johnson, 5272. Lund, uh, Sebastian Lambinen, Lambinon, one of the two. Alicante, uh, Spain, I think. Love the show, but how about enjoying the wedding? But how about enjoying the wedding and the both of you taking a couple weeks off? Enjoy while you can. Cheers. Uh, from Alicante and sunny but desperately bankrupt Spain. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they do. Sean Reed in Bethlehem, Georgia, 5150. First time donor, long time boner from Bethlehem, Georgia. Got a raise, decided it's time to stop giving the money to fast food joints and donate to the best podcast in the multiverse. I'm from donating 5150 because it's a fine Van Halen album. Uh, so what if I like Van, Van Hagar? Is that a crime? Don't drone me, bro. As I'm sure you know, it's the, also the California Penal code, code allowing for the involuntary detention of mentally disabled, a.k.a. shut up and get in the car, slave. I'd like to call out to Pancake as a boner. <laughs> I don't Mostly have a, because I, have I told him if I donated, be, I donated before he would. Okay, well, these guys have their personal grudges. Yeah, he does bring up some, such a good point about, um, about the fast food joint. You know, uh, Christina and I, when I was in LA, we went, she said, I want to go see the movie Moonrise Kingdom. Which uh, is actually a, a delightful movie, and we went to see it at ArcLight. This was a non, you know, just like during the day, two o'clock in the afternoon, twenty-seven fifty for two tickets. Wow, twenty-seven fifty. What? Yeah, that's a matinee. Twenty-seven fifty-five dollars. 
No, no, per per no for two tickets, twenty seven fifty for two. I know tickets. it should be five dollars a piece. Yeah. You know, and and you know, it was a fun movie to watch, but you know, did I get as much enjoyment as a as a no agenda show? I think not. I doubt it. Megan Costello in Pittston, Pennsylvania, fifty in the morning. Father's Day is this week, and so my sister Kayla and I wanted to donate to the show. You know, Father's Day is coming up, right? Yeah, that's Sunday. Yeah, and we're both fathers, aren't we? Just saying. Don't you think that maybe people should, uh, you know, help us uh, help the show out and give a Father's Day donation? Just saying. Joe is a- <laughs> oh, boy. We both did it. This is getting, now we're at an all-time low now. Yeah, so I, I don't no. like saying it. No. Joe is a huge fan of the show. He's also, uh, just for his, he's on behalf of his dad, Joe Costello. Do, do, donate to the show on behalf of your father. There you go. Joe is a huge fan of the show, and he's also a longtime listener and contributor. Thanks to our dad, our entire family tunes in for our weekly dose of media assassination. It's actually twice a week. Even though my sister and I are full, both far away from home, your show brings us all together. You're the greatest podcast in the universe. Our whole family could use a massive karma shot for the summer. Our dad, no doubt, deserves to have a great Father's Day. Our mom is finishing up her last, her teaching certification. My sister Kayla is studying for the LSAT, and I'm taking the bar exam in July. Wow. How our dad, a doctor, ended up with two lawyers, I'll never know. Happy Father's Day to both of you, and keep up the great work with the show. Megan and Kayla Costello. Here's some family karma. You've got... Karma. Yeah, there's a couple of daughters that know what they're doing. Yeah. Peter Mil- Mulroy in Brooklyn, New York, $50 uh, in honor of his Father's Day. Another one, I'd like to make a donation in my father's name, Tom. Oh, He's sweet. a few episodes behind, so I think if you read this Thursday, he will hear it Sunday, maybe. But first, he must pay the price. He has been a douchebag boner. Douchebag. <laughs> Since I turned him onto the show months ago. Please call him out as such and follow it quickly with a de-douching. Nothing says I love you, Dad, like a crisp, refreshing de-douching. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Oh, that's Pete the Teach. Yeah, Pete the Teacher. Pete the Teach. Matthew John Carey, parts unknown, $50. Adam Prebola, Prebola, or Prebola, it's got to be Prebola, in Plymouth, Michigan. Uh, keep up the DSC. Love every NH show, especially the recent episodes with John reading drunk emails. Well, yeah, you got to donate drunk to get Can the drunk I, uh, donation. Get some reading. general purpose karma. Yes, of course. It's good for all kinds of adhesive purposes. You've got karma. Alan Cavado the third in uh, Mid Middle Midlothian, Virginia. Midlothian, yeah. Fifty dollars. Uh, last email with, with the Romney photo from Fox with your commentary is worth fifty bucks. Oh, that's the one we just sent out on. Uh, you, that was the email we sent for everyone's on the newsletter list. And by the way, I'll have to read. I want to go back maybe at the end of the show and read some nasty notes somebody sent me. So uh, now go back. Now go play the stupid slide whistle for me. How about a karma after all these years of donating? Yeah, of course. Happy to. Play the stupid slide whistle, Dvorak. You've got karma. It, you know, I think your slide whistle needs tuning. Slide whistles don't need tuning. I do. No. <laughs> Sir Mike Westerfield, $50. Michael Ziegenthaler, Thomasville, Georgia. I think they make furniture there. $50. Senior skits here. Here's another fee. Senor. Oh, it says senior. Well, I think it's senor. Whatever. Here's another fitty. Give yourselves a karma shot on me, okay? Oh, thank you. We'll take it. 
You've got karma. Eric Shimmick. 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 In Minneapolis, Minnesota, $50. John is right about adding trillions of dollars to the money supply. That's a good discussion topic. Keep it up. And by the way, we both agree, as long as the trillions of dollars go to the webcam girls, then I think we have a fair bailout. Uh, Well, uh, no one's going to complain. Thomas Riz, unless they all retire. Thomas Rizgaard. In uh, Nürburgring. I don't know. I, this is just a bunch is of Nür- Nürburgring? I, it doesn't work Nürburgring. on... Nürburgring. It'd be Nürburgring where the racetrack is. Yeah, it doesn't, so it doesn't work on mine. Yeah, it doesn't yes. work on my spreadsheet. $50. Uh, he probably sent a note in. It will, if you send a note in and you don't get read because you sent it in separately, uh, we don't catch it all the time, uh, send us another note. If you wanted karma. Hmm. Creative Cretan in Los Angeles, California, $50. Creative Cretan. Justin from Culver City, actually. Hang in there, guys. I can personally guarantee that big money is coming soon. I've got a major project in the works, and I would like to underwrite you <laughs> and do other stuff under Adam, if you know what I mean. What? I don't what? know. I'm not going to ask. It's up what? to you. What? Hey, Adam, how do you like to settle that curiosity? Oh, Whoa. hey, send pictures. Anyway, I'm donating 50 bucks and I hope you keep the show going long enough over the summer so I don't so I can at least abuse you for a few cheap plugs. Well, hold on a don't, second. I'll make it worth your while hold coming. Hold keep up the amazing work. First and of finally, all, finally, Tristan wait, wait, Wilson. Wait, wait, hold on. Stop. Stop with the brakes on. What? So he's giving me code. He's a bottom, which is good. I don't know. I think mine might be more bottom than top. Anyway, but it's going to take more than 50 bucks. I'm no cheap bitch. <laughs> Tristan Wilson Kerrigan, Tadbury, Western Australia, 50. Uh, and also uh, Matthew John Kerry, Eastwood, South Australia, 50. And that'll summarize and end our... Uh, and th- we want to thank profusely all the people that helped us do Show 417 with their contributions and input. Uh, I hope you go to Dvorak.org slash NA for Father's Day. Looking for some Father's Day love uh, for your father. Uh, Dvorak.org slash uh, NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com. Hit the donation button on those sites and you'll be uh, ready to go. Dvorak.org slash NA. And just picked a couple out of, because, uh, you know, uh, we, once again, we've had a lot of existing donors check in today and we really need other people who have uh, not donated to the show but understand that they are getting some value to evaluate the value and then uh, contribute to the program. So I want to thank people who didn't hit the $50 level uh, in fact, uh, we, this one was from, uh, oh crap. I don't know. Uh, sorry, Aaron, here we go. Uh, Aaron is, uh, he says, you know, he's really has no money, <laughs> but, uh, he's jumping on with, uh, with a monthly, uh, subscription. I've got an interesting uh, date for you to look at. Uh, Stuxnet apparently, uh, dies on June 24th, 2012. That is the, uh, the kill date of Stuxnet, so we might want to celebrate that one uh, if you uh, think about it. And then uh, there you go. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. But it, but we really appreciate the monthly donors uh, who come in under fifty dollars. Uh, we appreciate all of the support uh, that you give us, particularly in these slower months and in, in the uh, during the summer. And uh, I am still uh, looking for a Hot Pockets 2009 tour. We're running out of time. Still looking for a trailer to haul out of Texas for us to, uh, for Ms. Mickey and I to sleep in so we can make our trek uh, up north. We plan on uh, going through Colorado 
and all the way up to Montana and uh, looping back around for the 2009 tour. Uh, what is not helpful is uh, people sending me uh, pictures of really cool-looking vehicles that I can buy. And I was like, hey, man, look at this thing. <laughs> this is great. It only costs $50,000. Look at this cool truck, man, this conversion. Yeah, no, this is not helpful. All right, we we need we need something we can hook up to the truck here. You know, you just you just poking my eyes is what you're doing. It's it's not great. Uh, value for value, uh, the one thing we guarantee is that we are not compromised. That is what you are supporting by supporting this program. It's your birthday, birthday. Killam congratulates himself. He is celebrating his birthday today. And Don Rosakis uh, says happy birthday to her fiance Jerry. He turns 41 on uh, Friday. Happy birthday for your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. A two. A two, a two. Um, well, I think we should just uh, move to uh, Europe for a second. Well, let's see. Are you turning to your Europe page? Like, oh, no, no, I, I, I print out because the, the page of uh, clips, when I get over 10, it's better to print them out. And then when we do one, I can cross it off so I don't have to, so I can find the clips. Oh, okay. You got clips. I, I got some clips. Well, let me do one little clip that's a little a light clip that kind of will lead into Europe because it kind of goes through Chris Matthews to, through Andrew Sullivan, who's a British monarchist. And that will get this into Europe because this little clip I wanted to get out of the way, which is uh, Chris Matthews got some syndicated show and he had uh, Katie Kay, this woman from the BBC and and uh, Andrew Sullivan, who I did not realize is an actual fan, if, if, just a, a, a monarchist. I thought he was a Republican. I had no, I had no idea. Should we listen to him speak? Yeah, Dan, tell me what you think of this commentary. She's talked to every prime minister since Churchill. I mean, she, she, she knows and has had a lot of experience. I think that the remarkable thing about England and the monarchy is the role of women in it. That the three greatest British monarchs, Elizabeth, Victoria, and Elizabeth, have lasted longer than all the men. Uh, and they have all shown this remarkable sort of tenacity, this female tenacity. Thatcher as well, right? Um, as a no, because Thatcher was a political figure. And the yeah. great thing about the monarchy is that the head of state is not a political figure. Yeah. And that she represents Excuse the human me for living, but as an American, I put them all in the same bag. And this is why Britain, Britain's monarchy is superior in many ways. Are these to people the, who are in the American throne, presidency. are they superior to I mean, the average British no, no, the system works yeah. because you have you channel you all your patriotism yeah. into this person, okay. into this family. Well, and so you, you don't have a flag yeah. worship. Been you don't have polarization. Well, what an a hole! <laughs> so, I've met the queen. I've met the queen. She, so, I stared so right into I, her I, eyes. She's I hung out with enough Brits over the time. There are huge cadres of monarchists and people that hate the monarchy. Yeah. Uh, I, it's I ridiculous. just don't understand the monarchy. I, I don't get it. Why people think it's so great to have this sort of a, this invites nothing but abuse. If, people, once you get a bad because people in. like to be abused and they like to, the, the person who's abusing to be matronly. I, I can't see it any other way. Look, I don't live there. It's not my country. So God bless them if that's what they like. You know, that's fine. But I, I, I think it's kind of weird for an old lady to be riding around in a golden uh, carriage waving at you. Like, and, you know, you know that they're all laughing. And you just, I mean, don't you feel like a stupid slave when you do that? I, I don't know. I Minimally mean, a surf. What? 
A surf? Minimally a surf, a surf or a peasant. Surf. Right, a surf. A surf. Um, so the, uh, the reason we bring up Europe, of course, is uh, this Sunday on Father's Day, we have uh, the final vote for Greece, which uh, everyone's saying, oh, this could determine if it's going to happen or not. Um, you know, we, we have people uh, ah. extracting money from uh, the Greek banks. Of course, now we have Spain on deck. Spain... Um, where also bank runs are taking place is not really being reported on properly. Uh, but I think uh, this is all a big smokescreen for the true um, problem that is coming, and that would be Italy. I think Italy is really where the danger lies for the euro, and it's, uh, you know, now their bonds are up to over 6%, I believe. And um, this, uh, before we continue with any clips, I think that this is going to affect my decision making on Euro 2012, the current. Um, uh, soccer football competition uh, going on in uh, in in Eurozone Euroland. Uh, it was very funny to see the Netherlands play against uh, Germany uh, again. I have a lot of ties to the Netherlands, so I was watching the tweets and uh, actually I found the game on ESPN. I was able to catch like the second half. And it, I mean, well, that must have been thrilling. Well, the despair that the I mean, the game. Who gives a crap? But then seeing the Dutch people just like melt is kind of funny. Because, you know, they lost. You know, Germany kicked their ass. And um, I think that uh, I'm narrowing it down now to, uh, based upon socioeconomic conditions, who will run this match. And by the way, if you look at the referees in this match, we've got uh, a Swedish millionaire who's uh, a referee, a German banker who's a referee. You know, and throwing these matches is not that hard if you have a ref who's in on the game and you have a player who's in on the game. Ronaldo, by the way, uh, heralded as you know the world's best player, I would say. Uh, Portugal uh, won their match, but Ronaldo was so disappointed. This guy, it looked like he was throwing the game. He was really trying to throw it. He, he kept missing, like literally air balls. He would kick and wouldn't even connect with the ball. And I think he's uh, he's probably in on it. And uh, at the end of the game, Ronaldo, he was Ronaldo, the great uh, Brazilian. Yes, yeah. And at the end, he was lying in the in the goalie area with his head in the ground. Even though they won, uh, and people are saying, "Oh, it's because you know he played so poorly." No, I think that the, he, they were supposed to lose the match, and he messed up. You know, he was he was trying to do his worst, and the team was just on, and they won. And I think that you know he's not getting his payout or something. So I'm going to say. Um, in the in the finals, I'm looking at uh, three teams at this point: Russia, Germany, and Italy. Italy would need it um, if if that's the if if the team if the money is going to give a country a boost, then it would be Italy. I think the Russians are still out to prove a point that they basically are your rulers and shut up or will turn off your gas. And uh, Germany, of course, uh, just wants to win because they want to win everything anyway. So I'm looking at those three teams. And uh, I think by Sunday, I can probably uh, make my final prediction for the winner of Euro 2012. If you're interested in the socioeconomic conditions of the rigged uh, Euro 2012, which I believe is rigged, uh, then you can weigh in at Euro2012.curry.com. Christine Lagarde, who I now think is the most dangerous woman in the world, uh, was on, uh, was, oh, again, with uh, Christiana Anampur, because she has credibility, even though she worked for the compromised ABC. Uh, she came in and uh, did a little a chat, and of course, uh, her entire job is to kill the Eurozone. I'm convinced of that now. Uh, that this is why she had to kick out Dominique Strauss-Kahn, which they did with a fake hooker story. Always works. Hilarious. Uh, and it is her job. She intends to kill the Euro so the dollar can remain the reserve currency 
in the world. And uh, she spoke uh, briefly about her buddy, George. That would be Soros, who she just refers to as George. And uh, the three-month deadline uh, for the euro to collapse. Do you agree with George Soros' assessment that there's three months to save the euro? He's, George is, is very good at setting, you know, sort of deadlines. Yes, he does it in the club all the time. And, and, uh, and attracting the attention, which is good. It's good, it's good, it's very good. It's good he sets three months. I don't have to, it's good. Because the, uh, you know, <laughs> there has to be attention paid to the current situation. Oh, I, I like the pregnant pause, by the way. There has to be attention paid. But I think, you know, it needs to happen. Various things need to happen uh, shortly. Shortly. Such as? Or what we've just been discussing. Shortly. (laughs) Shortly. (laughs) Shortly. (laughs) More shortly than three months, I would say. Oh, even better. But it's not to say that there is a deadline and that the whole you know, situation is going to... <laughs> I'm not saying there's a deadline, but shorter than three months, shortly. ...unravel. I think the, you know, the construction of the Eurozone has taken time. And it will take a little three months to kill it. Uh, and, and it's work in construction at the moment. <laughs> they work in deconstruction. What are you talking about? And it keeps being improved and amended and, uh, and strengthened over time. Markets are finding it too slow, and, and clearly that's the message that uh, is being delivered. Yeah. So there's your message. Within three months, the euro will fall apart. There's your timeline. It'll be less than three months. Uh, George Soros, nice guy, funny timelines, but here's nobody's talking about. It'll be less than three months. I'm Christine Lagarde, and I tell you what's happening. She, of course, made a very uh, lot of people angry by saying, uh, hey, these Greek slaves, you got to pay your taxes. And, uh, and it turns out she doesn't pay taxes at all because she has diplomatic immunity and, I guess, belongs to no state, so she doesn't have to pay taxes. So here she is. Let them eat cake. Let them pay their taxes. Shut up, slaves. And this was brought up in the interview. You've been asked about what is ailing Greece, and you've been asked to comment on the, the personal pain that many Greeks are feeling. Uh, and you commented that, you know, from your point of view, it would be much better if the Greeks paid their taxes and that that would... That would, that would fix things. Do you still stand by that? Let me put it that way. I have respect uh, for Greece, for the Greek population, and I'm very sorry that my comments were taken in a very, infl- you know, in a very um, inflammatory way and, and created offense. Uh, how could, it was offensive. <laughs> I very much regret. Yeah. But equally, so that, it wasn't, it's not offensive, it's Pay your taxes, you cheap bastards. Yeah, exactly. I think that tax compliance is a necessary tool to restore any country's situation, Greece like others. Tax compliance. Ah, lovely. So here's the rub for those of you who, uh, for some reason, may not be getting any information from your television. Um, so B- uh, Bain. Bain is getting a sale out for uh, 100 uh, billion euros. Uh, but they don't, won't have the same restrictions or heavy austerity that uh, Ireland and Greek Greece and uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Portugal, I think. Yeah, probably. So they're all pissed off because they're everybody's like, hey. mad. Everybody's oh, yeah. mad that Spain got a good, better deal. Yeah. But again, uh, and, and just so you know, uh, Moody's, who, of course, are complicit in all of this, it's just a commercial operation. Uh, Moody's has uh, just came out last night, has slashed. Spain's credit rating to BAA-3, which is one notch above junk status. So uh, they're going to go down. That still, I don't think, will kill the the Eurozone. It will be Italy. Uh, And also interesting to note that um, 
the uh, what is the currency? The Oanda, O A N D A. Is that familiar to you? Nope. Oh, O N A D A. Apparently, that's a, uh, a foreign exchange exchange. O N A D A. Well, let's just take a look at the book of knowledge. Mm-hmm. They uh, they put on their website due to extreme volatility, some market analysts foresee could oh, the result. Forex, forex. Okay, uh, they will not be accepting any trading activity on Sunday, June seventeenth. Well, duh. <laughs> That's when Greece has its vote. So I think they're getting ready. And of course, uh, there's talk now about the, the ATMs. Uh, you know, limiting the amount of cash you can get. I mean, it, it's a total setup. You could not make it any worse. Have uh, say, oh, you know, we may have to ration how much money you can have. Uh, we're going to close foreign exchanges. We've got Christine Lagarde, the lizard lady out there saying, oh, you know, <laughs> less than three months. This is all a setup to make it crash. And Nigel Farage, I don't have to ask the question. I know you want to hear it. Right. Who? I don't even know who you're talking about. Nigel Farage. No, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Another one bites the dust. Doom, doom, doom. Country number four, Spain gets bailed out, and we all, of course, know that it won't be the last. Though I wondered over the weekend whether perhaps I was missing something. Because when the Spanish Prime Minister, Mr. Rajoy, got up, he said that this bailout shows what a success the Eurozone has been. (laughs) And I thought, well, having listened to him over the previous couple of weeks telling us there wouldn't be a bailout, I've got the feeling, after all his twists and turns, he's just about the most incompetent leader in the whole of Europe. And that's saying something, because there's pretty stiff competition. (laughs) Indeed, every single prediction of yours, Mr. Barroso, has been wrong. And dear old Herman Van Rompuy, well, he's done a runner, hasn't he? Because the last time he was here, he told us we'd turn the corner, that the Euro crisis was over, and he hasn't bothered to come back and see us. You know, I remember being here ten years ago and hearing the launch of the Lisbon Agenda. We were told that with the Euro by 2010, we would have full employment and indeed that Europe would be the competitive and dynamic powerhouse of the world. By any objective criteria, the Euro has failed and in fact there is a looming impending disaster. You know, this deal makes things worse, not better. A hundred billion is put up for the Spanish banking system, and 20% of that money has to come from Italy. And under the deal, the Italians have to lend to the Spanish banks at 3%, but to get that money, they have to borrow on the markets at 7%. This, by the way, is the best explanation of the ESM I have ever heard. And that is exactly right. That is how the European stability mechanism works. Instead of the country that is broke going borrowing money because they can't because no one wants to invest in them, the other countries have to borrow money at 7% and then they get paid back at 3%. It's a genius system. It's genius, isn't it? It really is brilliant. So what we're doing with this package is we're actually driving countries like Italy towards needing to be bailed out themselves. In addition to that, we put a further 10% on Spanish national debt. And I tell you, any banking analyst will tell you $100 billion doesn't solve the Spanish problem. It would need to be more like $400 billion. And with Greece teetering on the edge of Euro withdrawal, the real elephant in the room is that once Greece leaves, the ECB, the European Central Bank, is bust. It's gone. It it has 444 billion euros worth of exposure to the bailed out countries. And to rectify that, 
you'll need to have a cash call from Ireland, Spain, Portugal, Greece and Italy. You couldn't make it up, could you? It is total and utter failure. This ship, the Euro Titanic, has now hit the iceberg and sadly there simply aren't enough lifeboats. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, not much you can do about it. Nope. Well, this is nothing that we haven't been saying since uh, four Two, years ago. Yeah, exactly. 2009, 2008. Yeah, I know. So, um, uh, Panetta. Yeah. Panetta has a brick souvenir from the from the. Uh, we'll play the clip and you can hear what it is. It's like a scalp. It's a scalp. What's the oh brick souvenir? Hmm. Before it was torn down in February, the house was already short one brick. It's hanging on the wall of Panetta's office, a memento that CIA officers brought him, labeled with Bin Laden's code name, Geronimo, Abbottabad, <laughs> Pakistan. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool souvenir. That's a cool souvenir. You know, they should have taken a whole bunch of those bricks. They should have taken. I think he should have his his head stuffed. He should donate that brick to the Twit Studios. (laughs) 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 I have a big Geronimo brick sitting there. (laughs) So uh, that's great. So there's a thing going on in Texas that fascinated me. It was on a 60 minute show. I didn't know anything about this. It's actually quite fascinating. You okay? I think I swallowed something. Play. I'm going to die here. Uh, No. Play Hunting Wild Game Part 1. Okay. And by the way, stop. Now I'm expecting you to meet some of these guys and get some of this meat. It's a place that may surprise you. Tonight we're going to take you on a journey into a world that many people don't even know exists. To get the best view, we flew by helicopter over this vast terrain. From the air, we could see herds of African antelope and zebra charging across the wide open spaces. It looks remarkably like Africa, but it's not. This is Texas. Here in the Lone Star State, the iconic Texas Longhorn now shares the range with more than a quarter million animals from Asia, Africa, Europe. What is this, the History Channel? A quarter million. Yeah. Did you hear the number? Yeah. Well, that includes a bunch of extinct animals that they've been breeding in Texas for hunters, so we can eat them. Yeah, this is actually the most one of the most fascinating stories they've ever done. But they've done they did this story as they were kind of aghast that we would be this way. But if you play part, let's see what we got. We got hunting fees. Play hunting fees, and you'll get a, a a clue about what this is all about. It's thanks to trophy hunters like Paul, who come here in the thousands to hunt these animals every year, sold on the idea of an African hunting experience in Texas. It's open season on close to a hundred species of exotic game all the time here because exotic animals are considered private property. Paul allowed us to come with him as he went on this hunt if we agree to use only his first name. 
Here, he and a guide are searching for a scimitar-horned oryx for him to take home as a trophy. If they find one, it'll cost Paul $4,500. Other animals, like this Dama gazelle, cost around $10,000. And the rarest, a Cape buffalo, has a $50,000 price tag. Exotic wildlife has become a billion-dollar industry in Texas, supporting more than 14,000 jobs. Oh, that's great. It was awesome. It sounds awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it I, is. And I, I I'll bet you. They, she goes off on the guy. Oh. Running a, a guilt trip on him. I got hunting, hunting. I think hunting me, the hunter's enemy final with a click. There, this is the last clip. And Hunter. this one starts with a, a gun being cocked, which I thought was a cheap thing to do. Oh. And then that you, you hear, and then I'll explain what's actually going on when this clip's over. Hunters are the are the main conservationists in this in this whole equation. Can you call yourselves conservationists when you know your purpose, your intent, the thing that's driving it is is to hunt the animals and to kill them? Absolutely. That's that's why these animals thrive is because of that 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 value that they have to the hunting community. You know, just because people are willing to pay large amounts of money for those trophies doesn't make it right. I can't let these animals just freely roam around my ranch. I can't do it. I won't do it. Do you love these animals? Absolutely. How can you kill something you love? I can do that for the simple reason that I know it's for the welfare of every one of those animals. You sacrifice one so that many more are born and, and, and raised from, from calves all the way up to the, the big trophy male or the, or the big trophy females that, uh, that we have. I think that's ludicrous. I think it's immoral, and I don't think anybody's entitled to do that. Priscilla Ferrell is president of Friends of Animals, an international animal rights organization. For the past seven years, she's been fighting in court to stop these rare African antelope from being hunted in Texas. They're breeding these antelopes, they're selling the antelopes, and they're killing the antelopes, and they're calling it um, conserving them. They're saying it's an act of conservation. And that's lunacy. You would rather they did not exist in Texas at all? I don't want to see them on hunting ranches. I don't want to see them dismembered. I don't want to see their value in body parts. I think it's obscene. I don't think you create a life to, to shoot it. So if the animals exist only to be hunted, right. you would rather they not exist at all? Not in Texas, no. Our biggest enemy are the animal rights people. They, they don't understand what we do. What's to understand? I mean, you're hunters and you hunt these exotic animals. That's pretty simple. It is, but there are a faction of people out there that would just as soon see these animals go extinct as to have us use them for, to, to hunt. And, and, and after all, that is the bottom line. That's what these animals are all about. That's why they're here and the numbers that they're here today. Yeah, so um, I've become uh, good friends with a lot of people here at the Austin Market. And I am being offered all kinds of things because uh, now they know I'm cool. Because this yeah. is a sustainability market, so you're not allowed to... I think the rules of the market are you're not allowed to sell something that you haven't raised yourself and i'm not going to say who because you know i know people are listening to the show i don't want to rat anyone out but it'd be funny if i told you who it was um i think i can get some antelope meat is that what you're that that's what you're asking see if i can get some of that 
Uh, yes, I am. Okay. I think I can get some antelope meat, and I will try on Saturday. Well, or, or, I will well, send okay, out then, the message. Let's go back on to the story before we start dealing with the illegal meat. <laughs> Is it illegal? Is it illegal to purchase? <laughs> well, only because of the FDA and, you know, oh, it's not uh, – uh, this, this woman – first of all, let's, let's get one thing straight. What – or let's ask a question. What's the difference between raising antelope uh, in a Texas plains or raising cattle? You kill the cattle and you eat them. Yeah. There's What's no difference. the difference? They're What's pretty. the difference? They're pretty. What? They're pretty. They're pretty. Oh, they're, they're pretty. pretty. They're like Bambi. <laughs> they're pretty. Yeah. They, so got nice, they got nice spiky horns. Yeah, they're pretty. The oryx, as a matter of fact, the uh, one they mentioned, the scimitar horned oryx, is extinct. Except in Texas, they got like 30 or 40,000. Yeah. They're doing very well We're for themselves it. and people yeah. like to eat them. Yeah. And they hunt them and they have a head they can put in their den. This is, a, this is a horrible to these people, to these animal rights people. This is Agenda 21 stuff, by the way. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I watched this and you can see even Laura Logan, who is a douchebag. She's the one who hated the fact that she didn't get the, the bus McChrystal. Uh, if you remember so from some time ago, mm-hmm. she's asking him these leading questions. Well, if you love an animal, why would you kill it? And all this other bull crap, you know, we do eat us non-vegetarians do have, we do eat meat of flesh of these animals, whether it's a cow, a longhorn, a buffalo, uh, a goat, whatever. Uh, or one of these exotic things. It what difference? It doesn't really make any difference. And the fact is, these guys are conservationists, and I get the sense that they nobody really understands that conservationism. Even when we have too many deer on a on an island over here uh, in San Francisco Bay, we have to go out and kill them because we eat them or not. Because there's too many of them in some situations, and, I mean, and they become weak and die off. You have to manage these yeah. animals. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I just found the whole thing to be offensive. I mean, the, the, this, this holier-than-thou attitude about what these guys are doing. And in fact, if you think about it, most of the reason we have a lot of these animals at all is because of hunters. Ducks Unlimited are responsible for the duck population that flies all over the country because they like to hunt ducks and they want to make sure there's a lot of ducks to hunt. Yep. So they're incredible conservationists, and anyone who's a duck hunter knows who they are and knows how important they are. Yeah. This is nothing you, you, you try to slam or try to do a hit piece on like she did here. I find the whole thing offensive, even though when you, if you listen to it objectively, you weren't, weren't going to feel it was a bad thing. But the, the little kicker in the story is that that woman that was quoted at the end has won the last court case in Texas, your great state, and they're going to now ban the shooting of those oryxes, which bring in $4,000 apiece to help continue this process. And now the, the guy says, I don't know if they we're going to be able to keep these things anymore. So that extinct oryx is probably, he says, going to go extinct again in 10 years if, they, if the law, if the new uh, court case ho- up, uh, is upheld. This is a disaster going on in Texas, and nobody's doing anything about it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, John. I'll start paying attention to it. Uh, I agree 100% with what you're saying. Uh, I really do. And I will support the oryx uh, uh, industry by uh, scoring some of that meat, too. If you can, I think it may be illegal to shoot one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on doing that myself. I'm just a pussy. Well, I mean, that no, way. No, none of your buddies will do it either. Yeah, so. no, my buddies will do it. But wow. oryx is. Uh, that works. Yeah, no, this is a. That's a, a, it's a buffalo, right? Is a kind of buffalo. No, no, the oryx. No, no. But it was a kind it's, of buffalo. Oh, it's a gorgeous antelope. It's How do you spell huge, it? How do you spell it? I think it's O R Y X, maybe. Mm. It's 
like an antelope. Oh, oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, sure. With that with long horns. Looks tasty. I, <laughs> <laughs> it does look tasty. Yeah. I can you know I'm gonna go upstairs after the show. Miss Mickey's gonna go. I don't like that. I don't want you. I don't want you to kill the beautiful oryx. Yeah, well, the oryx is going to kill us. It's going to be a dead, extinct species if it doesn't get killed. Actually, nobody, maybe she None won't. of these people get that. Yeah. You have to kill these things. I mean, this guy tried to explain it, but she was, you know, she's a dummy. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. The oryx has kind of like a dumb-looking head. There's, these animals aren't the brightest things in the world. <laughs> looks kind of they stupid. They get gobbled up by lions and tigers all the time. I yeah. mean, it's not like they don't get killed. Yeah. Well, the people don't understand conservationism. They don't understand how it works. That's okay. To each his own. Let her have some tasty Gitmo snacks. Some GMO. Eat that. That's fine. Take that, girl. That'll be good for you. Wow. Good catch. Not clip of the day, but good catch. No. It's only clip of the day. I have a... Before we get out of here, um, I have a... Uh, a theory on uh, what happened with the Ron Paul campaign. This is bugging me so much. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. You're, but you're not. You're, a lot of people are getting bugged by this. Yeah. So, um, I think what uh, now? Let's go back to um, was that the Mayak report? Remember when the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security was circulating uh, documents about, you know, here's the lone wolves you have to be on the lookout for. Here are the, here are the troublemakers. Uh, right, it included Ron Paul. Right. Ron Paul supporters. Now, if you want to uh, put your Homeland Security drones to good use and if you want to stir up some crap in the country and you want to get people uh, angry, we need, uh, you know, maybe we need a new kind of Ruby Ridge or, you know, we need something to happen, a new Waco. You know, we, we need someone to go ape shit, right, so we can really start implementing the police state. I, 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 you know, we had, um, hey, what's the other douchebag's name? Uh, Cass Sunstein, Sustein, whatever his name is. Yeah, they, they all want to stir up some crap. Now, if you want to stir up some crap, you need a, stop, a crap upper stir, a crap stir upper. There it is, crap stir upper. And I think I found him. In uh, this year, the Ron Paul campaigned, campaign uh, said it was their pleasure to bring Trigiv or Trigiv Olson on board as a senior spokesman. And I that really hurt, and this is not necessarily my own theory, by the way. This is pieced together from other pieces. You know, I'm following this. This is very interesting to me, what happened here. And uh, this Trigeve Olson is a very interesting fellow. So he came in, and uh, he became a senior advisor to the campaign. And, uh, and I think that these advisors are the ones that have uh, put this together with this Rand Paul uh, nomination or a... Um, Endorsement. Endorsement of uh, Mitt Romney, <coughs> Willard. So the same Trigeve, and you spell it uh, Tango, Romeo, Yankee, Golf, Victor, Echo, <coughs> Olson, O-L-S-O-N, uh, worked for the Rand Paul campaign in 2010. He was the e-political director for John McCain in 2008. But here's what's interesting. He was um, a part of... How do you spell his first name again? Trigeve. T-R-Y-G-V-E. 
T-R-Y-G-V-E, okay. Before this, he was a country manager <clears throat> uh, for Belarus, or country director for Belarus, at the International Republican Institute. Now, we know that this, along with the uh, National, what is it, Democratic Endowment, what is that, the NDE or whatever, these are the big non-governmental organizations uh, that send techno-experts out into the field to stir up revolutions. In fact, he was a part of the color revolutions that went on, uh, and, and in particular, he was uh, literally stationed in uh, in Belarus. He is a professional crap stirrer-upper. And uh, for him to be working, at, you know, these are really globalist organizations. This is the stuff that Hillary speaks at, and, you know, th- these are the ones that <clears throat> had all the... Uh, the techno experts in Egypt that Egypt, you know, caught on to and like they you know, said, screw it. You're not getting out. You guys are nothing but trouble. And for for this kind of guy to be in the Ron Paul camp as a senior advisor, I think that there is that this was a, the setup is to get people really disgruntled and angry and to and, and there's a lot of them. And to get someone to go nuts. And this, <laughs> Ms. Mickey just texted me. Don't speak on my behalf. I get it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Busted. <laughs> how far back is, does this show lag? Yeah, the stream does lag a little bit. A well, little. Well, maybe she went out and hit the, uh, hit the gym for a minute so she wouldn't come in here and beat me in, in, in the noggin. <laughs> I know well, you I, mock her as, oh, the cute little animals. No, I, I, I retracted it, but you talked over me. She didn't hear that part. I'm sorry, uh, honey. I, okay. I know. She, she's going to be the one scoring the venison. Trust me. She's going to be like, hey, 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 give me some of that. Uh, you got any orcs? Um, so I have a feeling that the crapster uppers are or have been in the camp for a while. And this might have been a planned operation. Uh, and what would be the point? Uh, to get someone... I mean, the, the original point is it's, it's a cover operation to keep make sure Romney gets in. Well, that was the no, basic... No, no, no. I think, no, I think, I think there's, a, there's something else going on here. I think that the idea... Now, we now have this group... I think Ron Paul's an idiot and he was screwed over by this whole scheme. Yes. And there's this, you know, there's a very big group of people uh, who clearly have been duped with the, uh, uh, with the Romney endorsement. And they're angry. I mean, these are people who are very, very angry, and they're armed, and they're seeing you know drones flying overhead and all kinds of crap. I think something might that they might stir something up, and you can, all, in fact, put it in the red book. We will see a lone wolf who was a Ron Paul supporter. You can put this in the red, red book. This is very a very dangerous situation, I believe. I'm putting it in. I know you are. And this goes beyond the political scope. This goes, this is, you know, the, the people who feel duped. And Ron Paul still has not come out and said every, anything. This, you know, the, it's been, what, four days now, five days? Nothing. A week. Week. Nothing. Well, I'm very, maybe. I'm very concerned. I'm very, very concerned. You know, cooler heads must prevail. Because that's when they they will truly unleash the drones and uh, the the police state system will come into action. I, I I just feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I'm not liking what I'm feeling. 
Okay, well, well, it gets in the book. We'll see. Um, I got one little thing to end. We got to keep track of this. The upcoming Mars One reality show. We got to do that. What? Play the clip. Mars One reality show? I don't see it in the list. It's right under John Hopkins commencement and above Panetta on budget defense, defense oh. budget. Oh, there we go. The company is offering you the chance to pick up and move to Mars. The idea is to first send robots to find a good site for a settlement there. Every two years after that, another group will join the settlement to populate the colony. The company plans to pay for the whole thing by turning the whole process into a reality show. <laughs> is this for real? Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. It's Mars One. It's a reality show? No, no. It's actually not. It's going to be a reality show. But the project is called Mars One. They want to they want to put a colony on Mars. Oh, yeah. Well, it was nice knowing you, John. I'm going to audition for this show. Yeah. That'd be great. I think you're a little too tall to get in the, in the, in the rocket. They're going to have to send little people up there. Human Mars Settlement. Ah, oh, this is so lame. This is lame. They already got great bases on Mars. This is just like, this is just teaching us that it's, you know, this is the stuff that's already real, has already been there. What, they have a freaking video on their site as well? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you're the one that had to find this. This is this is so this is so not you. We have had not had enough crack pots Mars stuff One in the second half of the show. will establish human settlement on Mars in 2023. <laughs> in that year, the first group of four humans will land on Mars. I'm in. Every two years after that, another group will join the settlement. You know these? Have you seen the houses they've got? Yeah. What about them? I'd like, like one, yurts. I'd, I'd like one of those here. Yeah. Well, yurts are nice too. Yurts. Yurt. A Look yurt? it up. Yurt. Y-U-R-T. A yurt? Is that something yeah, I can live Mongols in? Yes, what the Mongols used to say. Y-U-R-T. Is that what I can live in? Yeah. You can live in a yurt. Let's see. California Yurt Company. Oh, yeah. Oh, these are beautiful. <laughs> hey, well, on your property as you build your uh, uh, whatever. My, that, my the, container the, house. Construction yeah. from uh, boxcars. Yeah. Hey, baby. You want to come back and see my yurt? <laughs> My yurt is so bitchin'. All right, uh, uh, I just want to finish it up. The New York City Board of Health showed its support for limiting sizes of sugary drinks at a meeting Tuesday in Queens. They agreed they're going to formalize the process of banning large drinks. In addition, at this meeting, uh, some of the members of the board said they are also considering limits on other high-calorie foods. Uh, Bruce Vladek, board member, thinks limiting sizes for movie theater popcorn should be considered. Another board member thinks that milk drinks should also fall under the size limits, such as milkshakes and milk coffee beverages, which have monstrous amounts of calories. You laughed at the smoking ban. You thought it was great. And here you go. It's salt. It's your popcorn. It's your milk drinks. And uh, shut up, slave. Just shut up. Going back to Texas, I have a story. Sarah Tressler fired... From a Texas newspaper, I can't find the name of the paper, but she was fired because she was a part-time stripper. And the newspaper apparently thinks that's no good. You can't do that oh. and be a journalist. Really? Yeah. Houston. No. She was in Houston, your favorite town. <laughs> no, it's not my favorite. Well, the Houston been. Chronicle. I've been. There you go, the Houston Chronicle. We, we know this guy. We, we have oh, a, uh, one on of the Twit. guys on Twit. Is from the What's Houston his name? Chronicle. Dale? Dave? Dwayne? Dwight. 
Dwight, Dwight Silverman. Dwight I'm going to ask him specifically how did he let this happen. Hold on, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Tressler, T-R-E-S-S-L-E-R. Is she, oh, she, I bet you she's hot. Oh, oh she's, hello. You know, and they don't want her around the newsroom? Give me a break. What are those guys, eunuchs? Yeah, apparently, that's the Houston Chronicle for you. What uh, What was her beat? They've always been called the ballless wonders of the newspaper business. What was her beat, so to speak? What is uh, she High report? society. Oh. <laughs> hey, she can come and work for us. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. That's to, and by the way, I think that's uh, illegal. She's suing him. There you go. Good on you, girl. A rival She's, newspaper tipped, tipped off the... The Chronicle with an online blog titled Diary of an Angry Stripper. <laughs> she is an NYU journalism school graduate. Well, yeah, she can I come and work for noagendanewsnetwork.com. Own the place for all I care. And I'll hook her up with a webcam. Thank you, darling. You still love me, obviously. You want to see my yurt? That would be a no. All right, everybody. Um, thanks again to uh, all the guys for getting the stream up and running. I know that was a little complicated for them. And uh, Sunday, <laughs> Father's Day, June 17th, Grexit Day. Should be very interesting, and we'll be on top of it with no compromise news guaranteed. We stand for the guarantee. It is our seal of approval. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where BART is down, still down, and the traffic's backed up for miles. Welcome to Public Transportation. I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll be back on Sunday, Father's Day, right here on No Agenda. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Now with Yurt. Dvorak.org slash N-A.